Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. Maller here. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full lineup of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you. One of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ben Maller Show podcast. It's me, Ben. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Ben Maller Show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. All right, let's get after it. Basically, this show tonight for me is a countdown until I can get on a plane and go to Miami and cover the Orange Bowl. All right? Love y'all. Love you, Maller Militia. But uh, let's see. I am now three hours and 59 minutes away. I don't know if that'll make the end of the show get here quickly, but we'll do our best to keep you educated, informed, and entertained between now and what I consider to be God's time, central time. 5 a.m. Busy program for you tonight. Tons of topics to get into. Welcome to another edition of the Ben Maller Less, Ben Maller Show. But the crew is here, 86 The Ben, back in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Roberto and I are digging into a story about whether or not San Francisco is trying to say no to the Raiders. We'll have the latest on that because, I mean, San Francisco. The Niners play in Santa Clara. Santa Clara is not San Francisco. We need to fix this. Uh, And then Coop, uh, Justin Cooper, of course, as always, putting together an incredible show. Coop, there's a – 
There is one member of the Maller Militia who is considerably upset with me because of a topic you and I bandied about last night for, I think, a total of 35 seconds on this show. Because I brought up to you how I had an idea to maybe do kind of a hacky played out segment involving stories in sports that we're tired of, right? It was so meaningless that I completely forgot that we even talked about it. And now Corpus Joe is on his third tweet since last night on this. Is is Joe okay? I mean, is is it really? First, I have to laugh about this because I love the passion. The very first tweet that he sent was chastising me for not promoting the podcast enough. Is he? Is he taking over as the executive producer of the Ben Maller Show, Coop? Yeah, Joe's a little bit uh, eccentric. Okay. Uh, right. we'll just... I mean, we had, Ralph was promoting the podcast. I thought in the, he did in too. Those, in those tossbacks. I which felt is, good about that. Which is kind of similar to how it is every other show. So um, I think he's yeah. just trying to give you a hard time. Well, but see, here, here was my favorite line of of this whole back and forth because uh, Joe, I appreciate. I mean, Joe's basically laid out the show. We got college playoffs. Uh, the the Warriors lost again. And by the way, I also missed another major talking point, which we'll get to coming up in just a bit. But Joe said, "Don't suck. Our time is important." And you know what? That motivated me when I got that when I got that tweet this morning. I'm right. You're right. I can't suck. I, I usually suck at everything in life, Joe, so for you, we'll go over the top tonight. Now, Opie pointed out something that I did miss out on last night, and I'll be honest with you. You know, I'm, I'm very much a, a listener of this show. I'm very much a fan of this show, and I realized in my opening last night, Coop, I blew the direction that Ben Maller would have gone with his show because instead of dogging on LeBron James for getting hurt in an attempt to avoid the media – Ben obviously would have gone off on how that wasn't about what the Lakers did. That was more about the Golden State Warriors imploding last night. So ah, I just, yes. Coop, I wanted to apologize to you for not going with what the obvious topic would have been last night. How could I have missed that? And then you guys probably would have ended up, what, fighting for the better part of the second hour of the show? Is that fair to say? Sounds about right. Yeah. So fun times. I appreciate all the feedback and the interest in the program. I did throw something up. On the magic of Twitter.com that I'm curious to get into involving the NFL playoffs. So I'll hit that up in just a bit. But as always, give a follow throughout the show. Tweet at us. I'm at Plank Show. I, I think everybody knows by now the way to get in touch with Coop. At UH Bronco Fan. At Raider underscore Rob 24. And we'll introduce the return of Eddie Garcia coming up in mere moments. But give me a quick segment here. Because I am one of those rare breeds that digs bowl season. I don't know what it is. I, I, I dig the college football bowl season. Now, am I going to sit down and watch every single bowl game? Probably not. But I'm not offended that there's a bowl game on. I mean, I know some of y'all just, you can't take more college football. I've never understood that. It's never really been something that registered with me, but there's a section of society that is so put off by a bowl game in a sponsor's name that, oh, I... Oh. I'm watching college football, stupid bowl games. Yeah, because I kind of feel like what this world needs is less college football. Insert sarcastic tone here. But we had something happen today that I've never seen happen. And then we had something happen that I wish we hadn't seen happen. Let's start with the most recent. Nine interceptions. Nine. In a game that involved the Big 12 and Pac-12 team, which might be more surprising than anything else. 
Usually, they're two conferences that are lambasted for their lack of defense or lambasted, whichever way you want to go with. And for one night and one night only, they showed some uh, massive offensive inequities or inabilities in which TCU and Cal put forth what may have been the all-time worst bowl performance by either team offensively that we have ever seen. I mean, whenever the sponsor, when the sponsor of the bowl is mocking the play on the field and then celebrating because of them changing their name from the Cheez-It Bowl to the Cheez-I-N-T Bowl, and that being the major story that comes out of tonight's game. Are you kidding me? Now, I don't know if you want to get into that bait as I, uh, debate as I brought up. I'm not someone who wants to fight about less bowl games. I, I'm not sitting here telling you it's a perfect system because it's not. But, again, I like it. I just think you're going to get bowl games like this. There's going to be blowouts. There's going to be games like Minnesota earlier today. There's going to be games like the the, the blowout with, uh, what, Utah State and North Texas. It happens. Not every game is an instant classic. But this might go down as one of the all-time greatest mistakes that have ever taken place. Because this game featured everything. Not just the nine interceptions, but a missed field goal that would have won the game whenever one kicker was on the field getting ready to kick. And after a timeout, Gary Patterson, the TCU coach, brought in a different kicker who then missed the field goal. And then finally, almost mercifully, they went back to the backup kicker, who I, I guess maybe if you look at it was the backup, and he finished things off for the TCU Horn Frogs in dramatic fashion. Nunez will hold it. Song for the win. It's good. The comeback complete. The Horn Frogs again have the Pac-12's number. That's Brian Estridge on the TCU Radio Network. I mean, that's that's the TCU guy. They won the game. He couldn't help but laugh. It's like <laughs> we just. We won the game. That's one that I hope we all forget rather quickly. But see, the nine interceptions, the missed field goals, uh, the the consistent mistakes, maybe one of the worst trick plays I've ever seen in my life from TCU. It was rarely, relatively early in the game, and I think uh, we had all forgotten about it by the time we finally got to the overtime period. There was a moment where TCU may have had put themselves in position to win the game on an interception return that could have been a touchdown sans the incredible hustle of a Cal offensive lineman. But looking back, the interception return wouldn't have counted to begin with because some dude went tumbling onto the field from the TCU sideline. Now, it didn't look to me as if he had made contact with the official that was running down the sideline. It almost looked to me as he was trying to maybe step forward and had tripped over the chains. But this, this, y'all, I mean, in my real-world job, I'm the sideline reporter on the Sooners Radio Network. This is always your greatest fear. But this is something that cannot happen, ever. Why are you standing on the sidelines if you're not a coach that close to the action? Let the coaches get the penalty. And what was even more hilarious about it to me and again, it's I'm not a producer, I'm not a TV producer, but hey, we'll play one on the radio. ESPN just showed it once and then moved on from it. It was a game in which neither offense could do anything, and we finally have a moment that's worth a little bit of entertainment, and it completely gets ignored. It's like, oh, look, there's some dude tumbling on the field. All right, let's go back to watching some terrible offensive football.
It also gets into that great debate. So that was a defensive struggle, I guess. But so many people complain when we have our high-scoring football games, like Oklahoma and West Virginia and Oklahoma and Texas Tech and when Tech plays TCU. And I'm mentioning a lot of Big 12 games, and I think you understand why. But then you get a defensive struggle like that, and everyone still bitches and moans. Which one is it? Are, are you complaining about football being too wide open whenever the final score is 56-46? to 46? Are you complaining when it's too defensive whenever a game finishes at 10-7 to 7 in overtime? Can't be both, but at least for one night, one night, the absolute disaster that was the Cheez-It Bowl stole the headlines. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, making his return from his holiday, I guess you could say mini-vacay, Eddie Garcia is back, y'all. Merry Christmas, Eddie. Did you guys oh, have a good holiday? Merry Christmas to you, Chris. Yes, it was it was fantastic. All all good. Did you enjoy the cheese at bowl tonight? No. That's the most no, not at all. Not one bit. I mean, dude fell on the field in the middle of the game. Fell on the field. I've never I've well, been, like I can't say I've never seen that, but that was quite unique. Yeah, they had to try and do something to distract us from the football. So I, you know, applaud that. Uh at least it was, I guess, completed. Maybe it shouldn't have been. I mean, I, the serve pro first responders bowl. No, we'll get to that. <laughs> was uh, was called off, and I was all, I, I was all in favor of that. Uh, I think they should have called <laughs> off the cheese it bowl as well. But, hoy, what a night of college football! Or yeah, day. And, and and we got a lot to get to coming up on the on the show tonight. But Eddie, highlight of your holiday weekend. I'm curious to know you you actually got a, a day or two for you and your lovely wife Karen to immerse yourself in the sports world. What was the highlight of your mini vacay to get ready to just dive right into twenty Well there's if you want me to answer honestly, there's no way I can say this without without sounding like some sort of humble brag. And it's not no even boy. me. It's not me. It's completely my wife. But uh she, her face lit up after I went to the mailbox and got the uh, pile of mail out of there, uh, she got a a legitimate family Christmas card from Ladanian Tomlinson. What? Yeah. She, LT? Yeah, she's friendly with um, his wife, Torsha. Uh, they've been friends for a while. Now, they don't, I mean, we've, we've met her a few times, but... Uh, you know, she's they've because of social media, you can actually kind of become friends with people that you, you know, don't really know very well. I've only met a couple of times and they've been in contact over the years through social media. My wife, some people know, is a gigantic, huge, longtime Chargers fan and season ticket holder. And uh, she got a, this a legitimate Christmas card from the Tomlinsons. I mean, it was very elaborate, as you would expect from someone who's got the money to spend on a, a card that folded out into three. <laughs> different wow. like uh yeah it was it was amazing she was she was beyond thrilled to get a uh, a christmas card from the ladanian tomlinson family is that one of those things eddie whenever you go and you get it from the mailbox and you realize that your gift is waiting that you realize oh no um <laughs> we'll just go ahead and wait babe let's wait on my gift because there's no way you can top that i mean not not saying you no no you're right there you're right there's no really way are. for me to top that no there wasn't, but uh, it, it made her happy. It made her Christmas. She was thrilled, uh, touched by the gesture, and so yeah, that was. I have to say that was the highlight of Christmas for me to Man, see her smile on her face like that. That's awesome. Meanwhile, my wife complains anytime sports oh. is mentioned in our house. I mean, you just, my man, you got to embrace that. I feel like walking out on the driveway and pointing to the house and reminding her that this, this was this was all because of sports. 
That car that you drove to the mall today is all because of sports. But yeah, I want you to come home and actually, you know what? You know, I might have her back grinching and moaning for me trying to watch the cheese at bowl while the thing was going on tonight. But Eddie, I'm excited to hang out with you tonight. I Thank hope you, you enjoyed the break. And we got a lot to get to because when we come back, yeah, I, I think I agree with Mr. Nice Guy because as you know, Twitter is wide open during the program. At Plank Show, you can always hit up Eddie, Eddie on Fox, and of course at at Fox Sports Radio. I kind of think the bowl game that was canceled was better than the Cheez-It Bowl. But the bowl game that was canceled, oh, there's stories surrounding that bad boy because it makes absolutely no sense to me if bowls matter, how you can just up and cancel them. We'll get to that next. Plus, TV ratings are in from the NBA on Christmas Day, and they're not too shabby. It's all coming up on a busy edition of the Ben Maller Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Research has shown you get even more out of the Ben Maller Show when you follow along on Twitter. It's the playground for our P1s. Message the voices in the night and follow the man in for Ben Maller. That would be Chris Plank. He is at Plank Show. And you can tweet out and follow me, Eddie Garcia. I'm at Eddie on Fox. Go, King Eddie. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Chris Plank. Uh, a lot of stuff to get to, man. We got a big show tonight, and we're just getting started. Going to talk more about the college bowl game that was canceled coming up here in just a bit. Uh, NFL playoff scenarios. I think you're. I think we've all got it figured out, but exactly who do we think has the best chance to blow it? Very unique, I guess, start to the interview process for the Green Bay Packers vacancy, where Chuck Pagano and – did I see this right, Eddie? Chuck Pagano and Jim Caldwell as the yeah, first – Yeah, get excited, no Packer name. fans. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. I mean, listen, I've seen some bad coaching lists in my, in my time. That might be number one, number one. And uh, we've got NBA ratings to get to. Is there another ex-Colts head coach out there they could hire? Is uh, who else is out there? I mean, uh, let's see. Former. This is this is always Dungy. Ah, oh, Tony, Tony Dungy. Dungy. Good call. Very Coop. good. Coop. Yeah. Uh, former. Let's see. There's got to be someone. Else. Art Donovan. Oh wait, he's gone. Uh, let's see. Rod Dalhauer. Ooh, that is really going back. Let's just, see here. The things that pop into my head, sometimes it makes me ashamed. Oh, right. You know, Ben had actually tweeted about Lindy and Fonte. I think he's passed was, away, though. Is Lindy no longer I, with I us? I believe, yeah, I believe so. And yeah. yes, he had passed in 2015, so we're not that far off. You can explain Lindy and Fonte. Uh, Jim Mora would be yeah. obviously the other name that we could add, who is absolutely just killing it on the TV side of things. Holy smokes. I didn't. Jim Moore's been out of coaching since 2001. Dude is 83 years old. Well, I mean, he might be as good as Caldwell, given his track record. One so. of the coolest things that ever happened to me while I worked here, because Jim Morris Sr., we're talking about, mm-hmm. did work here. And it was on a weekend shift, and he was in here in like the break room just watching football. And I sat down next to him and watched uh, a bunch of games with him, and he was really cool and you know it was kind of it was just neat talking to a city next to a former NFL head coach and just listen to him talk about games you know unfiltered <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah. unfiltered is the best part of it but you it's kind of cool whenever you get former coaches and even former players when they make their first foray into the media because some just embrace it and go all in and you learn so much from them others it takes a little bit i got this sense with a guy like a Jim Moore Eddie it didn't take a little bit that he just dove right in so Good well, he was hey. he was not a guy to hold his tongue as a coach. So, no. No. Uh, he, to start off with, he wasn't that way. He kind of learned quickly, though. That sometimes you say things that get you into trouble. 
Yeah, next thing you know, you're Jason Witten, and you're having to explain to, who was it, Coop, Roby, why you're calling him out for quitting during the game on Monday Night Football. We'll get to that coming up here in just a bit. Uh, I like this. I like this right off the top from the Cowboy Killer, who writes, should we expect more Raider and Laker ball washing for the next four hours? Uh, I mean, yeah, the Raiders won on Monday night. They're taking over the league, and I don't know if you noticed this or not, but the Lakers reached the 20-win mark earlier than they have in seven years. What's not to love? Though it's always interesting to me. That was the – it's funny – who, who runs – does every different producer, by the way, Coop, run the Twitter feed for Fox Sports Radio? Do they just throw – or is there one certain person that it all has to go through? How does that process actually work? Each producer has access, oh. but then we also have a, a like a, you know, all-around media, social media web guy that runs it the rest of the time as well. Can we can we take a doll to him and ask him to point at where Baker Mayfield hurt him or touched him? Because holy smokes, if go look at Fox Sports Radio's Twitter feed, it's basically uh, T.J. Hushmanzada, who's best known for people not being able to pronounce his name in a fantasy football commercial. Uh, Doug Gottlieb, a bitter former Oklahoma State player who watched his team get destroyed by Baker, and Brian No, who apparently doesn't like good football players. That's our whole Twitter feed. That's our whole Twitter feed is them destroying him. But we did get a little love in there because my Laker take. Killa got in there from last night, and I had to laugh because the very and I'm not usually someone that reads just about everything, but I can't help it. I can't help it with this show. The very first tweet that came in off that might have been the greatest tweet of the day. Uh, yeah, let's get excited about bigoted LeBron James, and you know what? He gave me the ultimate burn, Coop. He gave me the ultimate burn afterwards because he dropped a knot in there. Oof. When you say, let's get excited about bigoted LeBron James, and then you say, not, I'm sorry. Ouch. I have been, I have been served. Is that slobber or drool running down your chin, Plank? Embarrassing <laughs> you and the other media types. How did, how did you even come on the show today? I, I don't know how I'm here right now, having a not <laughs> dropped on me. I'm just, uh, I'm barely making it. But yeah, so we got a little love. So thank you, Coop, for getting that out there today. Of course. Uh, also, I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to pick a bone with uh, Brian No. That's Ooh, a, that's well, a, you got him tomorrow night. That's a terrible take. I'm, I'm looking at the feed right now. Oh, my gosh. Baker Mayfield. Come on. I guess, and I can't get started. Is, is Mr. If Mr. Wonderful's listening, he'll destroy me. And I just, it's too early in the show. I mean, I have, well, Eddie, I've invoked a one-hour rule, which is I bring to the show, every time I fill in for Ben, I bring, a, uh, I bring two Red Bulls or I bring a six-pack of Bush. And if the first hour goes well, it's Red Bulls the rest of the way. If the first hour is a flaming mess, well, we'll just start into that six-pack and see where we go from there because the show could become even more fun. But I'm trying to wait to go too in-depth on that because, I I don't know, I get really triggered. I just – Baker said it today. Do we not like fun? Do we not enjoy good, hard-nosed football players? Oh, my gosh. Bully pulpit time. I'll save it for now. Uh, Blind Scott wants to talk about the Serve Pro Bowl. So you can jump in here at 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. And I'm glad he tweeted about it because in, in my history of loving and covering bowl games, this is my first cancellation. So I kind of thought to myself, Eddie, it might be good 
to check the calendar at the Cotton Bowl to see what was coming up. Because, I mean, I, I, I guess maybe I'm crazy to think that you've had two teams there for a week leading up to this bowl game. It probably wouldn't be too hard to say, hey, guys, let's hit back up the hotels, come back over here tomorrow, and let's see if we can't knock this thing out. So I thought maybe there was an event coming up at the Cotton Bowl on Saturday. Do you know when the next event at the Cotton Bowl inside the State Fair uh, is in Dallas, Texas, Eddie, or anyone Be- want to jump believe in? It or, believe it or not, I don't know. Believe it or okay. not, I do not know. Uh, it would be Saturday, October 12th, whenever Oklahoma and Texas play in the uh, annual OU Texas game is the next wow. scheduled event it's inside a, the Cotton Bowl. A lot of open dates there, I, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So, in, in other words, although what's the what's the weather forecast? Do we know what if it's gonna you know still be bad weather? You know what's funny is where I live. I live in Oklahoma. I'm two hours away from Dallas. So basically, what they get, we will usually get as well too. And it was nasty today. I don't remember a December day like this. They had tornadoes around a year ago this time in Fort Worth and in the Dallas area. So it it's kind of been a very odd stretch as far as weather is concerned. But there's a part of me that thinks they could have got that game in today. And and again, if all of the coaches and and all the administrators involved are fine with it, and I think I think that there's not going to be too many of us tonight that are concerned about not getting to see that finish between Boston College and Boise State. It, it, it's still raining, by the way. I, I know this sounds crazy, but I think they've played football before in the rain. We don't act like it sometimes. But I just I don't understand saying, hey, let's not try to come back and play this tomorrow. Or, hey, let's wait this out. Because, number one, they have lights at the Cotton Bowl. Now, again, anyone listening in Dallas or has spent some time, probably not the best place to be cruising around at night in that area around the Cotton Bowl and state, especially when the state fair isn't going on. But I've never been more confused by a cancel a cancellation of a football game than I have been today. We'll get some more details coming up in just a bit on exactly why this happened and and what what's next. What's next? But in the meantime, as we mentioned, Eddie Garcia is back. He is in the house, and he is ready to get us caught up on everything that's going on in the world of sports from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Eddie, take it away. All right, Chris, we'll start with some highlights from the NBA with the Raptors rallying to win on the road, beating the Heat 106-104. to Toronto down 14 at the half. They come all the way back and win it. Thanks to Kawhi Leonard's 30 points and Danny Green's three-pointer with 22 seconds to play. Toronto now a league-best 26-10 and on the year, the Spurs knock off the Nuggets 111 to 103. So Denver falls a half game back of Golden State for the top record in the Western Conference. Pacers beat the Hawks 129 121. Clippers over the Kings 127 to 118. And in double overtime, the Nets get by the Hornets 134 to 132. College football, these bowl games, we've been talking about them for the wrong reasons. In the quick lane bowl, it was Minnesota over Georgia Tech 34 to 10. Uh, the Cheez-It Bowl saw TCU and Cal combine for nine interceptions, five by Cal, four by TCU. In the end, in overtime, 10-7 TCU with the win. And in the Serb Pro First Responders Bowl, it was Boston College and Boise State being canceled in the first half after an hour and a half delay because of lightning. It's believed to be the first bowl game ever canceled due to weather. Now, there was a bowl game between Hawaii and San Jose State canceled in 1941 because of the attack on Pearl Harbor. 
This report brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Chris Plank in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Thanks, Eddie Garcia. Yeah, I'm, I'm still coming to grips with this just from the perspective of, of why. I guess I guess it's insane to think. Uh, and first of all, they've been there. Bowl trips are usually uh, five to seven days for the team. For instance, uh, Oklahoma and Alabama have been in Miami since December 23rd when they both land. I mean, they've been there for already now almost six days. Well, they'll be there for almost six days by the time they play the game on the 29th. So you would have to think that Boston and Boise each missed Christmas at home to play in a game that lasted a whole, what, three minutes? So they delayed it. If you missed this today, Boston College, Boise State, as Eddie brought up, playing in the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl, which, by the way, Serve Pro has a tagline which is like it never happened because they basically are a restoration place. So that was obviously right up there with the Cheese Int INT Bowl. So weather's been an issue all day in the south and southwest. So after about an hour since the stoppage of play, they review the active lightning and the thunderstorm cells still in the area, and they determined that the game should be called. Now, here's my question. If they called it because of true concerns over the safety and, and the lightning, that's fine. I get it. But when it's an ESPN bowl. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's not like there couldn't be a potential spot to slide it in from their programming perspective. And, by the way, how do you handle situations like bowl bonuses that are tied in for certain coaches? I mean, certain coaches get bowl bonuses whenever they win. You have to refund. I'm sure there's sponsor issues as well, too. And I still can't wrap my arms around saying, Eddie, why don't we try this tomorrow? That just doesn't – I mean – I understand hotel rooms can be a bit of a challenge in that the Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington area is a rather large area, and there's a relatively big game coming up on the 29th with Oklahoma, with, with Clemson and Notre Dame, but that's being played in Jerry World. I've probably given this too much time already. I'm just, in, I'm just absolutely amused by the fact that we build this up in college football. We build up this bowl system. We talk about the integrity of the bowls whenever everyone loses their mind about an expansion from a four-team to an eight-team playoff. And we scoff at the idea of potentially even going to 16 teams because we don't want to affect the regular season and we don't want to implode the integrity of the bowls. You canceled one because of weather at a stadium that doesn't have another booked event until OU and Texas play there in October for a thunderstorm that, yeah, it rained all day long, but the lightning eventually left. And, oh, by the way, I can add this little nugget because I'm a dork and I overcover stuff like this, but it's got a new field. It's a new field that they put on there. The OU-Texas game in October was the second game that was played on that new field. They don't play high school football games there. They have one other college game that's played there. It's basically new turf. So, And I, by the way, if you're curious, I did look up the forecast for tomorrow. Sunny, high of 63, and a 0% chance of rain. <sighs> Makes no sense, man. Makes absolutely no sense at all. All right. Well, we'll hit up your tweets on this. You can hit us up at Plank Show, uh, at Eddie on Fox. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Bakersfield Rod with the question of the night. 
Well, since that bowl game was canceled, does that mean my under bet is good? Ah, great question. Unfortunately, it does not. I think that they look, they look at it as a no contest. So, I mean, that's more of a Todd Furman question, but it makes no sense to me at all. Uh, I like this from Doc, who writes two things. If your bowl game can be canceled, it shouldn't have been, uh, been scheduled. Also, Baker has always played with a chip on his shoulder and channeled that to the field. I'd rather have a leader with an edge if I was a Browns fan than anything they've had in my lifetime. Listen, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good on not getting triggered by this tonight. Uh, Mr. Wonderful already checked in and kind of checked me on this. Because, as you all know, there are certain things that I get very triggered by in the world of sports. And one of them is the Baker Mayfield hate. And then the other one is anyone trying to tell me that the uh, Khalil Mack trade was a bad one. Because we all know the uh, the Bears are going to implode next year. And the Raiders are going to have the number one pick in the draft. Which they'll take either Justin Herbert or Tua Tunga Viola. You heard it here first. Uh, They're not going to take Justin Herbert. Well, next year. I'm looking okay. ahead to next year. Right. I'm, see, I've said that's two first-round picks, Eddie. So in my world, we go ahead and get that 22nd, 23rd this year, and then the Bears fall into that category of team that comes into the season with ridiculously high expectations, a la the Jacksonville Jaguars. And at some point, Mitch Trubisky realizes he's Mitch Trubisky, and everything implodes, and the Raiders are sitting at two or three in the draft next year. No one's, no one's with me on that one right now. Oh, Roberto, totally Robert, Roberto is. Yeah. <laughs> totally he's, not, he's, he's not in touch with reality either. So I don't know if anyone sane is with me on that one, but that's how go. I have to feel right now. Before the show started, I mean, I, I guess we can pull back the curtain. Obviously, I'm in Oklahoma. Eddie and the crew are in Los Angeles. So I got here ridiculously early because it's a four-hour show, and I want to make sure we have tons of topics to get into, and it's not necessarily a, a ton going on today outside of, well, two bowl games and a handful of NBA games, and there's always topics in the sports world. So I got here early. Do you want to know what I ended up wasting more time on, Roberto, whenever I was getting ready for the show today that just dropped more than anything else? The Raider News. Yeah, yeah. Well, more specifically, the John Gruden mic'd up from the Monday oh, Night that was Football cool. game. Yeah, yeah, it was great, Eddie. He's dropping f bombs on Denver Bronco players. Sorry, Coop. He's celebrating big plays. He's got that little corniness still to him, but he's John Gruden. So, yeah, I. Uh, if anyone wants to recap the Monday Night Football game again, two nights, three nights later, I'm all down. Especially now with the mic'd up John Gruden. That Raiders are three and three in their last six games. I'm just saying. Look out! If the season were to start today, they'd be battling for that last play. I guess that's probably not a good way to look at it. Speaking of that, when we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, I am all in on the playoffs. Now, we'll get a Steelers report, a Steelers confidence report from Eddie Garcia. But, you know, I kind of look at things glass half full. I have decided to look at the playoff picture glass half empty. We'll explain next. I'm Chris Plank, and for Big Ben Maller, the rest of the crew is here on a busy Thursday morning on Fox Sports Radio. You have to multitask to navigate through life, so make sure to like the Ben Maller Show in the cyber world. Join our Facebook radio family. It's the Maller Militia Springboard on the social network. Go to Facebook.com slash Ben Maller Show. You can submit jokes, questions for Ask Ben, and more. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Chris Plank. Yes. Thank you, Eddie Garcia, who is back. Eddie, we did have a very important Twitter. Can I speak? I swear to you, I didn't open up the bush light yet. Uh, it is, uh, here we go. Fernando, welcome back, Eddie, to the crew tonight. What was the best Christmas present this year? Now, Fernando, I have to warn you. 
Um, I'm kind of on a pitch count tonight on anything hacky that is brought up. So I kind of think that uh, Corpus Joe would be upset if we talked about this because that would probably fall under Ben's umbrella of, of laziness if we talked about Christmas presents. But go ahead, Eddie. I think you talked Karen getting the Christmas card from Ladanian Tomlinson's a pretty big deal, right? Yeah, that was that was uh, the the most special, I guess, unique thing that uh, we got for Christmas. But uh, I don't know. I I mean, I got some Fresno. I went to Fresno State, as some people might know. If they listen. I brag on my Bulldogs a lot uh, of course because no should. one else is going to. But uh, you know, Derek Carr went to Fresno State. I, of course, he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, as did his brother David. But anyway. Uh, I got some Fresno State stuff. But that was about it. I mean, I, I, we went. My wife and I went to Europe on vacation, so we we spent a lot of money on that. So we didn't <laughs> we didn't really spend too much extra money on ourselves this year. So not a lot of extravagance. But we we've got everything we we need to be honest with you. So not a big deal. Nice, Roberto Coop. Did I miss anything on this last night that we needed to talk about? Because I was so fired up about the Lakers win that we didn't uh, get into something that really stood out on the holidays for either one of y'all's. Well, speaking about the Lakers, I got a nice uh, Lakers uh, City Edition sweater from my wife. Nice, yeah. nice, Coop. Just anything? what you needed: more Lakers gear. Yeah, exactly. More Lakers. <laughs> I got Lakers socks. Did you really? From my girlfriend's mom. Nice. I did got some Steelers socks too, and I got a Kyle my- Kuzma T-shirt. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I um, I didn't get anything because you see, y'all, what happens is as you, <laughs> wait a minute, nothing, as, nothing, zero, not not at all, zilch, not a zilch, zero. Uh, Arnie didn't even send you a box of maple oh, syrup. You know what? Let me change oh, yeah. that. <laughs> Arnie Spanier sent me some syrup, and that was the greatest gift that I got on the holiday season. <laughs> get hey, no, this is a gift. You, I mean, for, some of y'all don't really understand that I don't get a chance to fill in a ton. So when I get this opportunity, this is like a holiday gift for me. I love the Maller Militia. I love hanging Coop and I have done radio for years. I love listening to Eddie and getting to hear Roberto. So this this is my great Christmas gift to sit here and defend Baker Mayfield all night long. With, with that said, before we get to NFL playoff talk, before we get to my very unique, no one else in sports radio does, does an online poll, but I did one for the show tonight, and I'll give you the results coming up here in just a bit. But I did want to put a little twisty tie, at least for this hour, on the conversation about the Serve Pro Bowl. And anytime one of the regulars checks in, they go straight to the front of the line. So, Blind Scott, you're on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for your patience, man. Uh, what's going on? Oh, yeah, no problem. Hey, Chris, it's great to hear you. You're one of the nicest guys at the network. you got like a Dan Byer feel to you, but you're a Raiders fan. And, uh, you know, we crushed you a long time ago. I'm a big Patriots fan, you know. Hey, they're a great company in Boston, uh, we had the sewer back up into our basement, and all this crap flowed in there. And they came and cleaned it up. So the only one that the only one that lives, wins tonight is Servpro, and then that cheese at Bobo. What happens to all those BC alumni that go down there? Talk about Bush. They're a bunch of drunks, those guys. I'm a recovered alcoholic, you know, and I would never ever drink Bush. I drink Jameson and the really high brand stuff. But hey, let me just throw something about Tom Brady real quick, man. He's the best okay. quarterback ever. He's ten times what Baker Mayfield will ever be. And as soon as he retires, I'm quitting watching football because there's just not that much talent in the NFL anymore. Nobody's playing anymore. Nobody's letting their kids play football. You know what I mean? We're gonna we have to start talking to World Junior Hockey or something next hour because football just ain't what it used to be. You know what I mean? And I didn't get anything for Christmas. Nobody even wanted to give me a gift or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So uh, if any of Justin or Roberto want to send me a gift down, you know I love like a nice Dodger. So you give me one of those Puig jerseys on sale. You know, but hey, hey, thanks for letting me on the air and hey, have a good night. I, I think the rest of them now more should you call in and give you you know give you a real hard time tonight. And you can start drinking all those beers. 
Well, like I said, the first hour has gone well, Blind Scott. I appreciate you call Blind Scott, everybody. I I only hit the sauce if things aren't going well, which, again, I make that determination at the end of hour one, and I'm feeling pretty good about things right now. Uh, listen, it's not about how much you spend on your beer or your drink. It's the effect that it has on you. And if I can get uh, a little bit of a lift off a $4 four-pack, then I'm not going to spend 30 bucks on a shot of Jameson. I always feel uncomfortable when I bring up in a joking fashion about maybe hitting the sauce and then someone reminds you that there's real-world problems out there. Thanks, Blind Scott. I appreciate that. You know, it's interesting. Eddie would have the inside scoop for us if we did decide to go all junior hockey league all the time coming up next hour. I mean, I don't necessarily know if I agree with him that there's no talent in football. You're looking at six rookie quarterbacks starting in the NFL on Sunday, and five of them have been pretty much the regular starters for a majority of the season. Listen, Kyle Allen's, uh, I mean, Carolina, they decided to rubber stamp we're out of here a couple of weeks ago. So whenever they went with uh, what Ty- Taylor Haneke or whoever they went with last week, you realize they were kind of punting it. So maybe we don't necessarily go too in-depth on Kyle Allen starting, but I would disagree. I think the talent pool right now in the NFL is incredibly strong. And I'm a draft dork, so I'm already looking ahead to the draft. And, yeah, Justin Herbert pulled his name out, and he's not going to be in the draft this year. And it's not considered to be a very quarterback-heavy draft. But what this draft has is an immense amount of defensive talent. And it's you know it comes in waves. Next year it will be big time on running backs and big time on a couple of quarterback uh, potential prospects. But this year is a big year for edge rushers, big year for interior defensive linemen, and I think, if I've been caught up, a big year for linebackers in this draft. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, look what Patrick Mahomes is doing in Kansas City. Now, look at Y'all can hate Baker. That's fine. But you can't argue what he's done with the Cleveland Browns. Do I, did I make the point enough last night that they were 0-16 they were last year? 0-16. He, the seven games that are, excuse me, there's seven, seven, and one this year, and he's been on the field for all seven of those wins. And by the way, they had two games taken from him by the officials, which is just insane. The Raiders had no business beating them, and that hurts to say. But come on. I mean, you can you can hate all you want, and if you hold any quarterback that's in their rookie season to Tom Brady's level, he's going to not measure up. It's just reality. All right, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. Hour one in the books. When we come back, let's talk about the NFL playoff picture. Right now on Plank Show, vote. Who's most likely to blow it for teams that control their own destiny? Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two hours straight up. Oh, actually, let me add another one. Three hours straight up before I'm hitting the air to head to Miami. Not Miami, Oklahoma, homies. Miami, Florida. Because in my world, on December 29th, the Oklahoma Sooners will shock the college football world, advance to the college football national championship game in Santa Clara, and square off with Clemson for like the third time in a bowl game in the last five years. I will say this. I've got a lot on the Orange Bowl to get to. Today was a media day, and Alabama's mad, and we'll explain why coming up in a bit. But as always, we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Yes, 
Don't be confused. There was a bowl game canceled today. And yes, it was a real story that Jim Caldwell and uh, Chuck Pagano were the first couple of interviews for the Green Bay Packers gig, which uh, presents a good question off Twitter from the master who writes, better check with Aaron Rodgers on that head coach pick, yes? You would think so. Aaron Rodgers has been fairly outspoken, and a handful of Green Bay Packers have as well, about what appears to be their support for one Joe Philbin to be their head coach full-time and long-term. When, they love, when we love each other in here, we spend time with each other outside the facility, we play for each other. And I think we just needed some of those reminders, how important those connections are, and uh, that's what I'm going to be doing when I lay some up on Sunday is playing for my guys and, and playing for my, my coaches and playing for Joe. And uh, one more from Aaron. I just think that uh, Joe has a lot of respect. You know, he's led our offensive meetings since April 16th. So the offensive guys know him really well, his sense of humor, his passion, his devotion to his job. And so I just think, you know, I feel like we owe it to him you know, to finish this, this thing out the right way. And uh, Matt writes, Green Bay can't possibly be serious about Jim Caldwell or Chuck Pagano. I'm sure they have a couple of legit people in mind, but are they interviewing whoever they can to cover the Rooney rules for hiring? I'm guessing most teams pull this type of thing. That's just my thought anyway. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it sounds horrible to say, but you had a handful of guys historically that were considered Rooney rule interviews. Ray Rhodes was one for the longest time before he got a head coach's job. Oh, gosh, there was... Unfortunately, Terrell Austin was in that mix. He was fired as the Bengals' defensive coordinator earlier this season. But it's the reality of it. Some people take it seriously. That's how Mike Tomlin ended up getting the job at Pittsburgh. Uh, some some teams just take it as an opportunity to fulfill an obligation involving an NFL rule. And as Eddie points out on Twitter, as I've always said, Condoleezza is still available for the right price in the NFL. Uh, Coop, I missed... That week on the Ben Maller show, because I was actually doing this thing called sleeping, I'm just I'm just going to um, I'm just going to assume that Big uh, Big Ben was a fan of the possibility of Condoleezza Rice being a, a head football coach. Am I, am I dead on with that assumption? If I remember correctly, I believe he was a fan because it would have given him a lot of material. <laughs> Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine and as always you can hit us up on Twitter at Plank Show at Eddie on Fox you guys know the uh, rest of the crew Justin is at at uh Bronco fan and of course Roberto at Raider underscore Rob which gets us to the story I want to tackle this hour uh, Eddie I don't is is Eddie where we can hang out for a little bit. I'm curious to know where your yeah. com- okay cool. I'm curious to know Eddie where your confidence level is heading into Sunday. Is it thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle? Because I know there's a little bit of work that needs to be done, but it's not this insurmountable mountain in order to potentially make the playoffs. You need the Ravens to do exactly what they did last year, and you need to win your game. It's it's really not that hard of a formula, is it? No, but I I would say I'm I'm definitely leaning towards a thumbs down uh, at this point. Uh, you know, I, I saw the Ravens play in person when they were out here in L.A. Uh, against the Chargers. Uh, was I have to say it's not an exciting brand of football, but they do do it very well. <laughs> what they do, you know, they're a 
They're kind of a heavyweight boxer that really is good at landing body shots and Correct. just wearing you down. Um, and I'm, look, I'll be rooting this, rooting for your boy Baker Mayfield like I've never rooted for him before uh, coming up uh, this Sunday. But uh, just the way the, the way the season's gone for the Steelers, it seems like it, it just it's not their year. Uh, but you know, I, I, I'm hopeful, but I'm not I'm not optimistic. I'll put it that way. Did you see Antonio Brown's Twitter post earlier today? No. The the standout receiver for one uh, Pittsburgh, the Steelers, I believe is what they call that team, tweeted a picture of his jersey, and on the back where it says Brown, he put an S on the end of it. So he has his black and his white jersey and one of his alternate uniforms that has his last name is 84, and he put the S on the end of every single jersey with the headline, Who else has their 84 Browns jersey ready for Sunday? 21,000 likes already for Antonio Brown and his support of the Browns. Which gets me to something that nobody else in sports talk radio does. All right, now listen, this is groundbreaking stuff. I, I, I worry about what it's going to do to the industry because I'm not here to be someone that brings change. But here we go. Twitter has this function where you can put a poll up. And I threw this up earlier whenever I was putting together the show, trying to figure out who's in peril come Sunday. So if you, I'm not going to – I don't even know how to retweet my own tweets. But uh, four NFL teams currently control their own destiny to make the playoffs heading into Week 17. The question is, who blows it? Now, Colts-Titans is a real easy one because they go head-to-head. So basically, if you pick a team to lose there – yeah, that's who you think is going to blow it. The Ravens have a very interesting matchup with the Browns. The Vikings win and they're in. Not only would they beat the Bears Sunday, but it could likely turn into a rematch with the Bears the following week, which, Eddie, we can go even more in-depth on that because Matt Nagy has come out and been pretty open about, hey, if we see that the Rams are rolling in their game, we're probably going to rest some of our regular players in the second half of this game, almost guaranteeing a rematch with Minnesota in their second game. There are some odd scenarios playing out on Sunday, is there not? Yeah, no doubt. It's it's been a I mean it's been a very interesting year in the NFL. It's going to come down to the final week and and the final game with uh, the Titans uh and the Colts going at it on the Sunday night game. So that it should, it should be a very uh entertaining and eventful final week of the season. It's it's incredible. It, it's incredible. So here's here's my question. Y'all get a vote. I mean, this is this is the, now when I'm here, it's a democracy. I don't know if Big Ben feels the same way. And uh, you got four options. So, Eddie, Colts, Ravens, Titans, Jaguars, of the four NFL teams that control their own destiny to make the playoffs in Week 17, who do you think blows it? Uh, I'm going to go with the Titans. They are the leaders right now in the clubhouse at yeah. 41%. Apparently Mariota is not 100%. Uh, they've just had one of those weird years, kind of like the Steelers, where they'll win a couple games and they'll do something to make you make you think, oh, this team's maybe they've got something. And then the next week they'll go out and look terrible. So yeah. I don't have any confidence in them. They're, they're, I watch – I like the Titans a lot. I really do. I don't know what it is. And I, I'm kind of an old-school Oilers fan. So the Titans carried over, and I dug Steve McNair, and I just finished up that Steve McNair podcast, so I'm pretty sure that he was murdered by someone other than his girlfriend. So, I mean, that's a whole topic for June or July if I get to sit in. But So I'm kind of a closet Titans fan. 
I don't know how they're good. I mean, I really don't. I've watched about four or five of their full games this year, everything obviously on the Red Zone channel. I have no idea how they're sitting in this position, but they found a good combination of defense, solid enough play from their quarterback. Derrick Henry has been consistent running the football, but they would probably get my vote as well too. Coop, what do you think? Colts, Ravens, Titans, Vikings, who blows it? I mean, I don't want to be repetitive, but I think I got to go Titans as well. Roberto, same. The Ravens blew it last year. I say they blow it again this oh, year. Oh, I hope. I hope so. It's Baker Mayfield. I listen to Eddie. I have faith in Baker Mayfield. <laughs> here's but, what's here's what's crazy. But, no, but even if the Ravens win, another way the Steelers get in, Eddie, is if the Steelers win their game and um, the Colts and the Titans go to overtime and tie. Yeah, that'll that's Steelers likely get in. Eddie. That's likely to happen <laughs> in a year of ties. That would be you fantastic never know. Yeah, there's so many ties to have um, that yeah. game in in a tie. <laughs> You know, it's kind of funny, too, because if I'm not mistaken, wasn't wasn't the Browns-Ravens game almost a tie as well, too? Didn't that head – the Raiders-Browns game was even in a position for a while where you thought that game might end up in a tie. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting well sidetracked here. But it is amazing to look at this list of teams and think about where they were at any point during this season. I mean, the Colts were awful out of the shoot. And think about it, Eddie. How much time did we spend debating Frank Reich's decision yep. to go? I mean, it was one of the the benchmark takes for the hot sports opinion makers in the sports world when he decided to go for it on a fourth down and basically handed a game to the Houston Texans. Now here they are controlling their own destiny in the final week of the season. It's worked out pretty well. Well, true, but if he had got, if they had tied that game, they'd already be in the playoffs. They wouldn't have to worry about uh, this this game against Tennessee. So the moral why must of the you story is with facts. I know. I, I mean, at the time, you always think, I want my coach to win. I want him to go for the win because ties suck. But <laughs> in, but the reality is, it is much better to tie than lose. And that, you know, down, like, yeah, down the stretch, if they would have had that tie in their pocket, they wouldn't be able to worry about this game against the Titans. I think they we would have won anyway, though, but you're right. We had counted out the Ravens at one point this season. They lost three straight games. They lost to the Saints. They went on the road and got beat by the Panthers, and they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then what did they do? They reeled off three – well, they changed their quarterback. And they reeled off three straight wins and have won five of their last six games. Their only loss during that stretch was to Kansas City. And they could have won that game. Exactly, and what ended up being a hell of a game. So – Baltimore is an incredible story heading down the home stretch. And then, I mean, obviously the other team in the AFC in this mix that we're talking about is is the uh, Tennessee Titans. Like I said earlier, I, I just I don't get them. I, under, I like Marcus Mariota, but I don't understand how they've been able to be this successful. Credit Mike Vrabel and the job that he's done in his first year. And then speaking of hard teams to figure out, here's a great question, Eddie, before we wrap up this segment on the playoffs. Is Minnesota good? Are the Vikings a good football team? Because I'm having a hard time figuring it out. They've looked good in their last couple of weeks, but that was after back-to-back performances against, uh, what, New England? And then they looked awful in that Monday night game against Seattle where they were basically shut down, and if it wasn't for a late touchdown, might have been shut out. Are they good? They're good enough to to be right there on the line. I mean, I don't know. I don't think they're good. But like I said, they're good enough that they might squeak into the playoffs. But I don't think they're good. 
Does that make sense? No, no, no. I'm with you 100%. That's my battle with them in Tennessee right now. And I'm a firm believer that the NFL is in good hands. Boy, we're using the word good a lot. How about that? How about this capable hands? I'll, I'll expand my vocabulary. I'm on my second cup of coffee. I'm starting to come alive. So I think that the NFL is in capable hands. By that I mean we're talking about a team that we think is just good enough to get into the playoffs. Neither one of us think they're going to go on a magical run if they get in. They might upset the Bears, and that would probably be about it if that's who they played in the first round. But I like what's up top. I mean, the Saints are a really good football team. The road to the Super Bowl will go through New Orleans. I really like the Rams. I think that they had their toe stub, and they're going to be fine. The Bears have put together a great defense. In the NFC, you have the Chiefs and what Patrick Mahomes has done, even though they struggled a bit. The Chargers had their really bad game last week. Let's see how they bounce back. Texans lost last week, but they still have Deshaun Watson and probably one of the better up-and-coming running backs that no one taught. Well, Lamar Miller's not really up-and-coming, but they have one of the more established running backs that no one really talks about. And here, here we are heading into the final week of the season, and New England is New England. So my point is, I feel like the NFL has a lot of really good teams. But then there's this group that includes the Minnesotas of the world, the Philadelphias of the world. Hell, Eddie, can we throw Seattle in that mix as well, too, to where I think you done, can, yeah. Yeah, they've done some things where you think, huh, they might, they might be pretty good. But then you don't – I don't think either one of us would be picking them to make too deep of a run because you just can't trust them. No, not, not, not consistent enough, but I could see them beating Dallas in the first round for sure. Yeah, and by the way, if, the, uh, if things hold up, if Minnesota takes care of business on Sunday and everyone wins out, then you would have the Bears and the Vikings in the first round of the playoffs and the Cowboys and the Seahawks. An absolute disaster of a matchup for Dallas in the first round. In the AFC, listen, it's kind of hard projected right now because the Chiefs are sitting in the top spot. They can finish anywhere from first to fifth based on what might happen on Sunday. And They'll I finish love- fifth. I love the Raiders, but I just I I don't Roberto. I don't see him going on the road to beat him. But think about that. I mean, that's how much unknown we have heading into the final week of the season. And you could potentially see what like a a a, a, a Texans Colts first round matchup. You see the Ravens and the Chargers again. You could see the Chiefs and the Chargers again. You could see the Chiefs and the Steelers in the first round of the playoffs. So there's a lot of madness still to try to figure out. I guess the Chiefs and the Steelers wouldn't happen. It would have to be what? The Chief, the Steelers would win the division, so they'd be the four seed regardless. That's the only way they're getting in. So it would uh, – yeah, I guess it would be, wouldn't it? It would be whoever finishes in that five seed is either going to be the Chargers or the Chiefs, and then, Eddie, it's either going to be what? The Ravens or the uh, the Steelers in that four spot, right? Yes, so that is that is guaranteed. You could have – a Steelers-Chiefs first-round matchup in the playoffs. But again, like we said, there is so much up in the air. It's difficult to make sense of it all right now. All right, uh, way overdue for a break. Hit us up, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. We have have a... That is very true. Uh, We have a lot of good tweets to get to. We appreciate it. Hit me up at Plank Show, of course, at Eddie on Fox. And when we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, let me touch on a little bit of controversy from Miami and the Orange Bowl. That's next. It's Chris Plankin from Ben Maller here on Fox Sports Radio. Research has shown you get even more out of the Ben Maller Show when you follow along on Twitter. It's the playground for our P1s, messes the voices in the night, and follow the man in for Ben Maller. That would be Chris Plank. He is at Plank Show. 
And you can tweet at and follow our executive producer. He is the liar, liar, and the menace of the Fox Sports Radio Network. <laughs> it's the Coop de Loop, Justin Cooper, and he's at UH Bronco fan. Wow. Eddie, it's, it's the biggest big. package I've ever seen. Yeah. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Chris Plank. It's awesome. Uh, right after the bottom of the hour, we actually have a bit of an update on the future home of the Raiders, question mark. So Roberto has been covering it quite extensively. We'll get after it. Uh, a couple of good things on Twitter. Uh, listen, I, I have... I'm addicted to Twitter. I mean, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I probably, it might be my deep-rooted FOMO, my fear of missing out, but I can't get enough of it. Um, uh, Good Baker stuff we'll get to in a bit. Uh, Greg brings up an interesting point, guys, whenever I kind of concern myself with going overboard on my uh, Laker or Raider love on the show. Greg writes, well, it's not like the rest of the crew isn't used to a different host. I can't use that term on the air, but let's say getting overly excited over the Rams. Clippers, Patriots, or Dodgers. Yeah, you guys aren't used to that at all, right? I mean, that's that's nothing, nothing that happens around Especially here. Especially the Clippers. Ugh. When is when did that start? I mean, has that been that has that been a long term thing, or I almost feel yeah. like that's just ramped up because they're good this year. No, no, he than- he has always been on the uh, Clipper train, even when it was like going into a brick wall. I, that's just a unique thing. It to is. Me. It is. There are there are only a handful of Clipper there fans of them, that, yeah. that I know uh, living in this town, and and there are many. Well, every hey, everyone needs their leader, and the Clippers have Big Ben Maller. It makes we'll sense, he, you know, Mister Contrarian, and you know, I think he likes the Clippers more because of his hate for the Lakers than his actual like for the Clippers. Oh, I see what you're Bingo. saying now. All right, fair enough. It's not like he's waiting on hold to call into the Clippers post-game show, is what exactly. you're saying right now. I right, also think enough. that uh, he probably, in the, when it was the Lakers' heyday and he was just cutting his teeth as a radio guy, did they maybe they wouldn't let him into the building, and the Clippers would, so maybe, I don't know. I'm just, just saying. At that point, the Clippers are like, hey! Anyone, anyone that wants to cover us, yes. Come on! Welcome. You know what I will say? It, it's one of those teams this year that I keep looking at the standings, and I'm having that conversation like we're having about the Vikings, Eddie, that we're having about the Seahawks. And I'm thinking, are they really good? Now, I know that Ben's probably got them winning the title, but I guess maybe for me I look at them and think, all right, well, this is going to slow down at some point. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, let me, before we hit this OU story that I promised, and obviously we got a little bit, I guess, I don't want to get carried away here, but it's some breaking news about the future home of the Raiders. I love talking to y'all. I love getting you on the air. So let's go. 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. That first voice you hear is Coop. You let them know what you want to get into. Boom. We'll get you in here on the Ben Malva Show. And Tammy is in Montana and kicks it off. What's going on, Tammy? Welcome to the show. where are the white women at? (laughs) In Montana. To just say, I appreciate the fact that you are willing to fill in and deal with the Maller militia. We are very protective of Ben. He is the best, and we do miss him. Um, but we also have had other hosts that have not been very well. So I well, appreciate Arnie. you. I, I think you're great. Ar- you know what? I didn't mind Arnie, and I and I like Brian, but there's uh, someone else I won't mention. But um, I think okay. you're doing a great job. Thanks, and- I appreciate that. You're so welcome. I hope you don't break into the the PBR. But um, uh, my two cents on the college bowls. It is um, it's a it's a participation award anymore. 
there's too many bowls. I mean, you, you don't even have to have a winning record to get into a, a college bowl. And so I think it's just a big participation award um, for the schools. But um, do all you want as far as supporting Baker Mayfield. I had a friend that was a Sooner alum. I watched a lot of Sooner games the last couple of years. You need to add Colin Coward to the Baker hater list. I've heard a few interviews, and uh, I just think some of these people are just jealous of somebody who's having fun and who is talented and, and hopefully will, you know, set the NFL on fire. I think you're right. Big Tammy, it's ben great to Maller. hear from you. <laughs> Appreciate your phone call. That to me, all right, so as a fan of the show, I'm a wrestling fan too. Does Ben allow wrestling talk on the show, or am I really treading on some uh, really thin ice here? But, you know, when the when Ric Flair would be like, hey, he's he's the fourth horseman, or it was Arnie Anderson who said, my God, I almost forgot the fourth horseman, Ric Flair. You know, Tammy's like one of the four horsemen. She's former caller of the year, should be now too. So I feel like I just got put over. The crowd should go crazy. Um, here's what I think is <gasps> – Here's what I think is key to a lot of the Baker Mayfield backlash. And and again, this is – I always put my disclaimer out there because, like I said, uh, I, I'm, I'm very biased when it comes to Baker. I saw every snap he took in college. I interviewed him after every single game. Uh, dare I say I have a relationship with him. I mean, he's, he's a good dude. He is a hardworking dude. Um, but I honestly think that y'all know he's going to react. And I think when you see guys like Coward – I'm sure Brian's got a little bit of this, too. They know that if they continue to poke the bear enough that he's going to fire back. And there is nothing better than when you get a response out of someone in this business, especially whenever you know that it won't be anything more than just him calling you out on Twitter or basically trying to get in a little spat with you. And you don't have to necessarily be 100 I don't know if you all have noticed this, but in sports radio, don't have to be right. And there's not a lot of money always in being right unless you live in Vegas or soon to come, maybe Oklahoma. So I think a lot of it, Tammy, has to do with, I don't necessarily know if it's if it's jealousy. I think they know he'll respond. And I think when you know someone is going to respond and you you know that he's going to, wrestling term, put you over, then you're going to continue to go after him, even when he proves you wrong. I, I got an even bigger frustration with it. And it's almost as if, and I know that uh, my Twitter feed's blown up with people that, oh, he's not professional. I mean, who gives a bleep about professionalism if you win games? Hell, Matt Patricia shows up late for press conferences. If the Lions were heading into the final week of the season uh, battling for a playoff spot, no one would say anything. But because they're not, it's a big deal, right? I mean, it's just, it's funny to me how everyone is willing to say, oh, well, you know, the Browns, it's, it's not about Baker, it's about their roster. They sure as hell weren't saying that in the preseason there was nobody that oh I have the Browns almost at 500 no you did not and a guy comes out that you know plays with an edge and you know is going to respond whenever you fire at him and you're going to do everything you can to try to get him to respond period end of story that's where I think it is I don't think there's a single person that honestly watches this dude play and can say oh (laughs) enough of that I will not have someone celebrating a touch. Get this man celebrating a touchdown off my TV. I mean, what's wrong with you people? 
Tammy, thanks for the call. Uh, Rico, hang in there. Uh, I've got to hit a hard update here because Eddie Garcia is in the house and patiently waiting after I'm ranting and spitting all over the place. And he rolls into the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, catching us up on everything going on in the world of sports. Eddie? Let us start off with the NBA, and we'll check in on some games of note, including the top team in the NBA, the Raptors, winning on the road, beating the Heat 106-104, rallying from down 14 points at the half to get that win and improve their NBA best record to 26-10. and Danny Green hit the go-ahead three-pointer with 22 seconds to play, and Kawhi Leonard led Toronto with 30 points in their latest win. Spurs knock off the Nuggets 111-103. Denver drops a half game back of idle Golden State for the top record in the Western Conference. Pacers over the Hawks 129-121. Clippers down the Kings 127-118. And in double overtime, it was the Nets over the Hornets 134-132. College football, we had three bowl games in Detroit. It was the Quick Lane Bowl where Minnesota beat Georgia Tech 34-10. That was the final game for Yellow Jackets head coach Paul Johnson. In the Cheez-It Bowl over in Phoenix, it was, well, TCU outlasting Cal 10-7 in overtime. Outlasting, great word. uh, The two teams combined for nine interceptions in a uh, very forgettable game. Uh, But maybe not as bad as the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl in Dallas where Boise State and Boston College were going at it in the first half. When the lightning came, there was an hour-and-a-half weather delay, and then the game was eventually canceled. It was believed to be the first bowl game ever to be called off because of weather. This support brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car-buying experience. Now back to Chris Plank in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Thank you, Addy. Uh, and it's, by the way, it's e- Boy, I cranked up my mic. Sorry, Roberto. It's easy to save money with Geico. Uh, hit up geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. I reach for one thing, I hit one knob, and next thing you know, everything blows up in studio. Uh, do you want to you slide Rico in here real quick before I get to this story on, on San Francisco, Coop? Because we got plenty of time for it. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. Let's hit up Denver. Rico, you're on the air in Denver. Did that make sense? What's going on, Rico? Uh, just coming home from work again. I'm fighting a cold, so bear with me. I've been sick for a little bit, but I have two Same daughters, here, so you know how that goes. Mm-hmm. All right. Same. So uh, one thing before I uh, discuss which team I think is going to choke this week. I'm getting tired of the celebrations, though. The same old, same old celebrations where they're posing. In the oh. end zone, like, I mean, oh can they God. get some more original stuff instead of everyone doing the same thing? God, it gets getting on my nerves. But <laughs> I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to be the ones to fall apart this weekend. Um, I think the Chicago Bears are a pretty good team this year with their defense and Trubisky. And I just see Kirk Cousins. He's just always been a choke artist, in my opinion, in the fourth quarter and when the game gets late. And the Broncos did not make a push for him, which – I guess Case Keenum is absolutely awful, and I guess I would have liked maybe Cousins here, but I don't like him too much either. So hopefully the next year in free agency for the Denver Broncos here can maybe you know get something going. But we're the laughing stock of the league last year, and we're not very good this year either. Uh, thanks for the phone call, man. I hope you get well. I'm battling the same thing. I have two kids. My poor 10-year-old daughter was hacking all night well, all night long, all day long. Finally got her to bed, and she's still coughing. So I was like, honey, it's your problem. No, I'm just I'm kidding. It's just it's awful. So appreciate you fighting through it. A lot of disdain for the Vikings. Uh, Arik checks in and says, don't sleep on the Vikings on Twitter. I'm a Vikings homer. That said, they may not even make the playoffs. But if they do, 
they can make a run. The defense is top five, and he disagrees with you, saying that he trusts Kirk more than Trubisky. Oh, there's an interesting debate. Who would you trust more in a playoff game, Kirk Cousins or Mitch Trubisky? Uh, I mean, has has Kirk been there? Has he played in a playoff game yet? Uh, And Mitch Trubisky, obviously, I mean, he's – dude, I'll tell you what. There's a lot of debate about coach of the year in the National Football League. And I know Matt Nagy basically had Khalil Mack handed to him. And I understand that some people are jumping on that Greg Williams train because of how he was able to turn things around in Cleveland in a short amount of time. But you better take a long, hard look at what's going on in the NFC North this year. Because what Nagy has done with Mitch Trubisky, based on where he was last year, it's it's jaw-dropping right now. Will it continue? Will it carry on? I don't know. But I know that there'll be a lot of love for Sean Payton. Yeah, I think that's I think that's you and me hoping, Roberto. I think it's fingers crossed because we really want that to be a high draft pick next year. But I understand that Sean McVay is always going to get some love because, I mean, you're, you're sitting at 12-3. and three. I know the Rams had a couple of rough games, but they're still 12-3. and three. The Saints are 13-2. and two. But the Bears going from worst to first. I just I, I hope Nagy gets some love as far as that. I'm not buying concerned. Trubisky though. He's not a fran- I don't see him as a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I really don't. I, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. He's very I'm, Rex Grossman esque. Ooh, awesome comparison and a Bears quarterback and the last Bears quarterback whenever they went to the Super Bowl. Exactly. Uh, one more quick one. Uh, Doc writes as a Texans fan. I'm terrified that they'll lose to the Jaguars and get beat in the first round. However, part of me still holds out hope that the Broncos, Raiders, and Jets pull miracles and they'll end up getting home field. You know, that's that's the crazy part of this weekend. I mean, I, I really have the kiss mentality, the keep it simple stupid, whenever it comes, and by stupid I mean me, whenever it comes to the, uh, the matchups. But I uh, uh, scenarios, not matchups. When it comes to the scenarios this weekend, but if you really want to go deep, there, there's some crazy scenarios that could play out. I mean, we were joking about the fact that any there's any possibility of one or five for both Kansas City and Los Angeles, where Houston is also in a position to where they could have home field as is New England right now. It's insane. It's absolutely insane, the possibilities in the AFC. By the way, uh, Coop doing the incredible job that he's always done. Kirk Cousins does have one playoff game that he started. In the game, he was sacked six times. Who does he think he is? Derek Carr? Six times. Fumbled three times, but lost only one. It was 29 to 46 for a touchdown, but no interceptions. So again, it's not the it's not the longest list of opportunities in the postseason, but he's at least been there. So Kirk Cousins, Mitch Trubisky. Eddie Garcia, Kirk Cousins, Mitch Trubisky. Who do you trust more in the postseason as your quarterback? Hui. Tough one, right? Yeah. Um Oh man. Sorry. <sighs> I guess I'll, I guess I'll. Oh my God! I re, I'm really uh, man. I'll it's go ridiculous. cousins. I'll go cousins just because Trubisky's never been there before. 
And the one time he was there, I mean, you've, this is how much I forget things. He was there in 2015. So, I mean, we're not having to go back this uh, myriad of seasons. That was the year whenever the Redskins won the East by finishing 9-7 and seven that season. So, I mean. Yeah, and then they got blown out at home by the Packers. The uh, that is that is correct. That is correct, Eddie. The uh, the final score in that game was thirty five to eighteen. Now Cousins did throw for three hundred twenty nine yards in that game, but uh, thirty five to eighteen that would be a three score game. So uh, not good is the best way to put it. Still though, when you've been there, it's a much different story. I think than you have crazy story about two thousand and sixteen. Not only did Kirk Cousins start his only playoff game, but that was also. When the Seahawks got gifted their win over the Minnesota Vikings, when uh, Teddy Bridgewater was the starting quarterback for the Vikings, and they missed a potential game-winning field goal from like two yards. Yeah, two-yard field goal. Look it up. It's absolutely right. All right. When we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, Roberto and I have been chasing some breaking news out of the Bay Area involving the future home of the Oakland Raiders. We'll get to it next. Chris Plankin for Big Ben Maller here on Fox Sports Radio. We do things a little differently than those dime a dozen sports shows, but we can't do it alone. We need your help in spreading the gospel about our unique brand of talk radio. Use your voice on social media to show public support for the Ben Maller Show. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Chris Plank. Daddy, I had an online poll on Twitter. Nobody does that. Uh, By the way, the Titans currently running away with it. It's a very simple question. Four NFL teams control their own destiny to make the playoffs in Week 17. Now, I understand we could really get, I mean, overly inside baseball on this if we wanted to and say, well, technically you could have this happen. But truly, four teams control their own destiny. The question is who blows it. The Colts running away with it right now at 42% with the Vikings at number two. Uh, My man Will PG tweets at us and says, if it was up to me, the Colts, Ravens, and Titans. I'm a Jags fan, and I have this. I'm a Jags fan, and I have the Steelers and Rams in the Super Bowl. You know, Eddie, it's it's not without uh, a poss- I mean, it's not outside of the realm of possibility. Make a little run. Look out! Look out! Next thing you know, you're in the Super Bowl. And James Conner hasn't been healthy either. Am I allowed to complain about James Conner not being there for my fantasy team, or do we not do that here on this show, Eddie? No? You're the host. You can do whatever you want. We 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 have, we have another host that talks about the Clippers. So I mean, <laughs> talk about whatever this you want. Is, this is true. This oh, is by the true. way, congratulations to Roberto who won his fantasy league. I thank saw. you, thank you, thank you, you. Because of the Raiders, yes. Oh really? Oh, that's right. We talked about that a little yeah. bit last night, didn't we? I made probably one of the smartest waiver wire moves I've ever made because I lost James Connor, who had been. I think I picked him in the last round, and I picked up Tevin Coleman who ended up having a monster game in Week 15. And then I picked up Jamal Williams at a monster game in Week 16. And I, Roberto, am a champion as well, too. Maybe, maybe you and I should talk to Mike Harmon about taking over the little fantasy side of this. And then we can put our our uh, our initial after every single tweet where we give fantasy advice. Roberto says, start so-and-so, RR. You know, I mean, <laughs> that, R's a CP, whatever you want to go with. But, yeah, congratulations. What was your big move down the stretch, Roberto? Uh, probably uh, picking up Sony Michelle. That was a that was a good one. And Can't trust Bill Belichick running backs in fantasy until yeah, this season. This season, yeah, that was that was. Usually, it's always going. You always got to go through the waiver wire. 
Usually that's how that, you do it. Yeah. That's how you if win you, the league. I do crack up, though. I, I've always wanted to, and Mike Harmon, by the way, I, I say tongue in cheek, does an incredible job in our fantasy coverage. Um, and you can hear him weeknights with Jason Smith here on Fox Sports Radio for those of you who have the ultimate insomnia and basically listen all the time. But he, he does an incredible job. I'd like to go through, though, and see how much he actually helped because dude probably gets a 1,000 tweets every single Sunday morning, and it was crazy when we got into the playoffs. I wonder what his hit percentage is as far as start <laughs> this guy, don't start that guy. I would hate to have that on me. Uh, okay, listen, we've been teasing this enough. I've got to get to the Bama-Oklahoma stuff. We'll do that next hour. Again, full disclosure, uh, I cover Oklahoma. It, it's been my beat. It's been my passion for the better part of the last 20 years. I'll, I'll get into what's going on down in Miami coming up here in just a bit. But there's some breaking news tonight involving the future home of the Oakland Raiders. Now, I before I get going here too in-depth, Cowboy Killer, I'm sorry. I'm going to spin a segment with Roberto talking about where the Raiders <laughs> are going to play. I'm not trying to tell you they're good. I'm just telling you what's going on where they might or might not play. So last night, we were celebrating a little bit the last game in Oakland and how it didn't become an event that was concerning like some of the media had painted it to be. It became a celebration of the Raiders in Oakland. I mean, you got Marshawn Lynch trying to light a spleef with the flame. It was incredible. So now the rumors grow that maybe AT&T Park would be a possibility for the Raiders. And, in fact, it had come uh, as, as far as what people saying that conversations had already taken place. Yeah. Well, in a move that most politicians always like to make, especially whenever they are newly in office, Supervisor-elect Matt Haney and Board of Supervisor members Hillary Ronan and Aaron Peskin have told After Dark, I guess, uh, the San Francisco Examiner, that they're against the Raiders playing in San Francisco, and they will do whatever it takes to stop them. Now, there was a proposal that was reported by the San Francisco Chronicle on Sunday that was talked about a lot, that the litigation between Oakland and the Raiders had basically involved now San Francisco being a likely landing spot. The concern is that San Francisco is turning it into a bargaining uh, bargaining chip against the town. Quote, why would we want to ride ourselves into this in a really ugly way? San Francisco would be scabs in this scenario if we undercut our friends across the bay. Which, by the way, is kind of what you're doing with the Golden State Warriors, but I'm not here to point any fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I'm sure that there's someone that can get me into the intricacies of that. But if you're acting like, well, no, listen, we're not going to take the Raiders when you're taking the Warriors. But, I mean, don't hurt your elbow patting yourself on the back. They had a people want the Raiders to keep their word and play in Oakland. So I'll go more in depth on this later. But just real quick, Roberto, it looks like there's some grandstanding going on here, right? I mean, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, but I'm, I don't think they can they, they can they can't stop the Raiders from going now because the, I think no. the Raiders negotiate with with uh, the Giants, right? Yep. Yeah. That's who it's that's who it's with. And these are people that have new offices and want to try to make a name for themselves. So when we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, we'll go more in depth plus an Orange Bowl report including a health update on Tua Tonga Viola. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller show weekdays at two AM Eastern, eleven PM Pacific. Ah yes. Welcome back in for Big Ben Maller. I'm Chris Plank. Coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by Geico. 
15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. All you have to do is visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. The whole crew was here, minus Ben. Coop's in the house, Roberto, Eddie Garcia on updates. Check back in with Eddie in just a bit. So I spent the entire top of the hour going more in-depth, and I don't really know if I can reach out to anyone at 1 in the morning Pacific time to try to get some updates on this. But the wording in some of these statements, we're talking about San Francisco's, I guess I almost said management. I guess that's the term, right? Politicians in San Francisco have come out tonight against the potential move of the Raiders to AT&T Park for a season before moving into their new home in Vegas. And I think I found one of the uh, greatest political statements I've ever heard in my life. This comes from Supervisor Aaron Peskin, who sent a statement to the San Francisco Examiner that says this. Whether it's the thoughtless impacts to San Francisco's waterfront neighbors who haven't been consulted or the unneighborly blow to Oakland, we're done ripping off Oakland. 2019 is the year of building bridges and working cooperatively with our friends in Oakland. Oh, hey. Holy smokes. Are you kidding me? You really wrote that and thought that was a good idea? Hey, all right. So listen, I mean, last time. We're done ripping you off. Hey, well, we, we won't let the Raiders come over here and play. Gosh. We're taking your I mean, basketball team, but it's all good. <laughs> We're taking your basketball team. Uh, probably have had a couple that's, more progressive That's in a dynasty happen. right now, but it's all good, yeah. It's all good. And they're kind of been about it. I mean, it's gone as far as, what did I read uh, last month? That they're talking about players-only fairies that they would have that would carry them from the East Bay to, because they all live in Oakland and would take them to San Francisco for games. I, I mean, the audacity for someone to say, all right, so listen, this whole us uh, stealing all of your teams thing, that's in the past. <laughs> We're changing things now because a team that's leaving, we're not going to give them a home. Get out of here. I mean, I the dude that wrote this obviously isn't a sports fan. Um, he's, the Raiders did play in, uh, in our decidedly more expensive city. It wouldn't be the first time. After their founding in 1960, they played their home games at Keziar Stadium. And in 1961, the Raiders played at Candlestick, so they've even been roommates with the Giants before. So, I, I again, I'm not going to get too bogged down on this. It's, it's a bit of a developing story tonight, one that I'm sure will be talked about a little bit more tomorrow. But, I mean, we have a franchise that is homeless in the NFL heading into the season. And I know we're heading into the offseason. And I know we're, we're a long way away. But in certain senses, we aren't. A, time flies, Captain Obvious here. And B, there's schedules to be made out, uh, training camp dates to be worked out. I mean, it's there's a lot that goes into basically putting together a schedule. I mean, hell, what if they put them overseas? What if the rumors are true and they put them in London? Can you imagine the scheduling chaos that's going to create? But someone coming out and saying, oh, no, no, no. I mean, we're, we're done. We're not doing that anymore. We don't want the Raiders. We're going to show you. They just got to go to Vegas now. I mean. See, I, and that's kind of, I, I think that's eventually what's going to happen. I mean, it has to. It, it has to. And 
I understand that you want to debut in your new stadium and make it a bigger deal. We all do. Yeah, but it's not. But yeah, it's, it's it's not happening. Start building that fan base now, even if it is. And and I I'll be the first one to tell you I don't know much about Nevada Reno Stadium, um, but I mean even if you have to play in a college stadium for a year, how the Bears. Sam Boyd. Just play Sam Boyd. Sam Sam Boyd, right. The Bears played at the University of Illinois for a year while they were – maybe two years. Help me out, Bears fan – while they were renovating Soldier Field. I mean, the the Minnesota Vikings had to play at the home of the University of Minnesota for a couple of years. This stuff happens. And I understand that you want to try to make everything as as fresh and as new as you want, but it's just – listen, go. It's you're not making anything better by playing in San Francisco as opposed to just getting to Vegas. Swallow the pill, take your medicine, go. I, and, and again, I'm a diehard fan. This is just getting a little bit ridiculous. Okay, eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. You can also hit us up on Twitter. That's at Plank Show. Uh, Mr. Nice Guy writes, the politicians in San Francisco should worry about the human feces throughout the city instead of where the Raiders play. And he also adds, don't forget, guys, <laughs> the Warriors originally played in San Francisco. Huh, good point. By the way, I will be in the San Francisco area next no, week. The, whatever. The, the Warriors originally played in Philadelphia. Oh, I'm sorry. You are incorrect, Mr. Nice Guy. The Warriors originally played in Philadelphia. Oh, is that true? Is that right? I'm not good at this kind of stuff. Philadelphia Warriors. I can't go back in history. I can tell you the Dodgers were once in Brooklyn, the Rams were in St. Louis, and the Cardinals used to be in St. Louis as well, too. And there you go. Um, I, you know, I'm going to be in the San Francisco area next week whenever Oklahoma advances to the championship game to take on Clemson. So I'll have to check it all out. I mean, I'm a, I've never really spent a lot of time in the Bay Area. I, I, I hear the Jonas Knox promo about how cool AT&T Stadium is. I'd be excited to see how that might work out. I don't think a lot, a lot of politicians are going to change anything. All right, uh, Craig writes, always love the show, born and raised in Seattle. Russell Wilson will never suffer an injury. NFC teams should fear my Seahawks, but I'm sitting here crying because of my Mariners moves. Yeah, they kind of punted a little bit. I don't know how I feel. Uh, Eddie, about anyone planting their flag based on a quarterback never being injured. But Seattle is a team that is right up there with, well, we try to bury New England after they don't convert a first down on third down and two, so maybe I shouldn't compare it to New England. But we have spent a lot of time trying to bury Seattle this year, and yet here they are in the playoffs and potentially going in as, what, the five seed in the NFC right now with the first-round matchup with the Cowboys. Not a bad, Not a bad spot for them. No, not at all. I mean, I, I like the Seahawks, and, and Russell Wilson, uh, his name has come up. I don't think he's going to win it, but it's come up in the MVP talk, and I think uh, that's not out of line for his name to come up. I, like I said, I don't think he's going to win it, but I think it's okay to say that he should be in the running as one of the guys who is not going to win it but should be, can be discussed as a finalist, I guess. if they I don't know. What do they do? Do they do three finalists for that and, and then pick a winner or however that Ooh, works? I don't but, know. But yeah, I, I think I think Wilson's. I mean, look, he's a guy who's going to keep in the game. He's he's he'll run just enough to uh, keep a defense honest. Obviously, he can throw the ball. The defense is, seems to be improving uh, there in Seattle. So I mean, I, I like the Seahawks right now. I wish I I wish I dug award season as much as some people do. I literally had to just Google who won it last year. 
I mean, that's just I award season to me. I care about what happens on the field. If they end up getting awards, great, congratulations. Rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, MVP, congratulations. But yeah, I think they get up to four, maybe five uh, finalists as well. Too. Here's a good one though. Since we're on award season, the Dark Lord writes, Dark Lord, any uh, coach of the year love for Pete Carroll. Y'all bury this team at four to five wins early in the season. Now they're playoff bound with that young talent? Talk to me. And for some reason, he tags you, Coop. Did you try to bury the Seahawks earlier in the year, Coop? Not me personally, no. I think uh, I, I know a lot of times on our Sunday night show here on Fox Sports Radio that I get to do with Arnie Spanier. Keyword there, I get to do with Arnie Spanier. Uh, he really likes to knee jerk. He really, and I'm, you guys are kind of used to this as well too. He likes to knee jerk, and after every week, a team that loses is probably oh they're done. They're never going to do anything. And then the next week when they win, I think they're going to the Super Bowl. So I kind of ride this emotional wave. Seattle has been a team that he buried. I think basically after week one. Then they lose their opener, and we hadn't really talked about them too much until two weeks ago, where you suddenly look at the standings, and if you're not a diehard fan, and I think it was a Monday night game, they're not a diehard fan, you suddenly look up and you realize, damn, the Seahawks, are, they're putting together a nice season. I mean, most of, most of this year with Seattle has been drama created off the field and nothing arrest-wise, but uh, the future with... Um, Richard Sherman and kind of how he's not welcome in the locker room and blah, whatever. So I, I just, I kind of dig how they've been able to turn things around. There were reports Pete Carroll's going to retire, his rah rah act isn't working anymore, and lo and behold, they're heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I think Pete Carroll deserves some talk for coach of the year, but I just think when you see a team that goes from worst to first and does it in a pretty competitive division like the NFC North, I think that's the direction that, uh, I think that's the direction you should go. And then uh, this. From the Lil Bro Troller, who writes, "When Baker goes into the Hall of Fame on the first ballot, who will have? Who will he have induct him? Probably not Hugh Jackson. I would go ahead and guarantee that one that he is not going to be a first uh, ballot Hall of Famer inductee via Hugh Jackson. Uh, two more, two more quick ones. Uh, Sue writes, Baker Mayfield made me a Browns fan. I love, love, love his attitude." About time we had some, excite, uh, some excitement. Patrick Mahomes is a hot hand. The Chiefs are rocking right now. I, I don't. I guess I'm trying to steer clear of the Baker hate, just because uh, once I get started, I'm very triggered because it confuses me. It confuse. It makes no sense to me. We beg for guys to have personality. We we want to see a guy be fired up and enjoy football and enjoy everything about being in the NFL. Uh, and if if they don't, oh, he's boring. Oh, he's boring. He never – I don't want to talk to him. He never says anything newsworthy. He's just, he's just boring. I don't care about him. He doesn't get too fired up. And then when they get fired up, it's too much for you. Here's what Baker said whenever he was asked about it earlier today, some of the criticism of him still, if you will, holding a grudge against Hugh Jackson. You're supposed to play with emotion. You're supposed to play with passion. Quite honestly, if you don't like it, whatever. That's – Football's not meant to be a soft game. Care less. Football's not a soft game. I think he used I couldn't care less properly. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. The editors didn't seem to think so on the clip because they put could care less, which is one of my greatest pet peeves. But I I don't get – I will never understand, Sue, some of the disdain that's out there. Uh, And then Rod writes, you don't remember the Cleveland Rams? Wow, as Arnie would say. Oh, and a good point – by uh, just 
in Jehano too, just Josh, a homeless football team being told they're not welcome in a sanctuary city? L-M-A-O. Uh, yeah, municipal jurisdictions in North America that limit their cooperation with the national government's effort to enforce immigration law. Sanctuary cities. Thank you, Google. Yeah, how about that? We'll take your immigrant. Come on. Not the Raiders, though. Listen, we're done stealing things from you, Oakland. <laughs> this is really wrong. And in 2019, our New Year's resolution is to stop taking things from you. So we will not permit the Raiders to have a temporary home here. Get out of here with that. All right, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. Um, Twitter is, is blowing, blowing up. I mean, I, I don't know what happened. But we've got some good tweets rolling in, so you can hit me up at Plank Show. Y'all know everyone else's address, at Eddie on Fox. Um, and I, I personally have been very impressed with the reaction from Coop tonight. You can follow Justin Cooper at UH Bronco Fan, And, of course, Roberto at Raider underscore Rob24. Now, I owe you a little talk from the Orange Bowl today. Because, and, and I guess technically the Cotton Bowl as well, too. Because if you're a fan of college football, today was a signature day. Not just because we have a bowl canceled. That's never happened before, basically in the history of bowl games since Pearl Harbor. But because you had the first round of media days. You heard that right. That's plural. Media days. And history went out and repeated itself for Oklahoma. I'll explain next. And for Ben Maller, I'm Chris Plank on a busy Thursday here on Fox Sports Radio. Research has shown you get even more out of the Ben Maller Show when you follow along on Twitter. It's the playground for our P1s. Message the voices in the night and follow the man in for Ben Maller. That would be Chris Plank. He is at Plank Show. And you can tweet at and follow our technical producer. He plays all the music and most funny sound bites on the Ben Maller Show. His first name is Roberto. His last name is Flores. You can follow him at Raider underscore Rob 24. And there's a Mexican, Roberto. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Chris Plank. It's kind of tough, man. I think I think that's becoming my favorite drop on the show, Roberto. I really do. I can't, I can't get enough of it. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, Maller Militia is showing up on Twitter. I appreciate it. So we'll get to some of those coming up here in just a bit. Uh, but before we do, I, I, is MGM John still hanging in there? Because I think he can give us some great perspective on this. Let's head to Vegas. What's going on, MGM John? How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine, Mr. Blank. Thanks for calling in tonight, man. What do you want to get? Can we get into some of this Raiders talk here? Yeah, this, this is huge now. Like, now that they're... San Francisco doesn't want the Raiders to play in uh, their stadium in 2019. I mean, we can you can you can bring in you can bring in you know the Raiders to Reno so they can get more fans on the northern side, or bring them to Sam Boyd. But they they'll they'll still consider that Sam Boyd is not NFL ready stadium. Is so how and, different is is Reno? How different is McKay Stadium where uh, where the Nevada Wolfpack play? Well, actually, between them and South, which is uh, UNLV Rebels, it's mm-hmm. much more different since they have they have a lower population than out than Las Vegas by I would say like at least one fifth. They have like well, I don't I don't necessarily just mean the city. I mean the stadium in general. Aren't they pretty much the same capacity, right around thirty four thousand? Oh yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, they're 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 actually almost the same. I think was the Sandboy has at least thirty five, maybe thirty seven thousand. Mm, interesting. I think that's the best move, though. I, I mean, I know Roberto agrees, but you, what what good are you doing waiting around? I mean, I appreciate your phone call. Thanks for checking in, man. Gina. Boy, that was much easier for me to say two hours ago. Thanks for checking in, MGM, John. But I kind of think that's where you have to go. Now listen, before I get the hate, there is breaking news tonight involving this. I'm not merely steering this show towards my personal interests. That, well, that's not the goal here. But uh, San Francisco has a handful of politicians who have come out and basically stated that they don't want the Raiders in San Francisco, and they're done poaching entities from their neighbors by the bay. We'll see how that plays out. Hey, if I'm uh, if I'm if I'm Mark Davis, I think you know what I, I want to do this grand opening, if you will. I want things to be just immaculate whenever we move to Vegas, but maybe that's just not the way it's going to be. It gives. Even though I don't know how many players that are going to be on the Raiders roster next year would be there when they go in 2020, but I get the sense that that's going to need to be the direction they go. Unless unless the NFL, Roberto, unless the NFL opens up their pockets and throws a bunch of cash at them to play eight games in, in London, four and four at some point in the season, I know that would suck for the players maybe, but yeah. if you're going to make a lot of cash out of it and this is an alleged cash-strapped organization, why not? Wouldn't they make a lot of cash if they let them play here at Bank of California Stadium in Los Angeles, though? I love love your idea for that. I do. I just know it's not going to happen. All right, so let me get you a quick Orange Bowl update as we roll in here on the Ben Maller Show. 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. Today, today, was the first of back-to-back press conference days counting down to the Orange Bowl. Now, I'm being specific to the Orange Bowl. This is no disrespect to anything with Clemson and Notre Dame, but there hasn't been a lot of news recently. You have the issue with a handful of Clemson players who had tested positive for a banned substance, which later we found out that they weren't able to get retested yet because the NCAA was on vacation. They forced these kids to go out and miss Christmas, but they're going to take a vacation day to not test a sample. Good look. Good optics there. With that said, Tua Tunga Viola and the Alabama Crimson Tide met with the media today. Kyler Murray and a handful of members of the Oklahoma Sooners were supposed to meet with the media today, but Kyler Murray was MIA. He was sick. Now, you might remember, or maybe you don't, last year, during the Orange Bowl prep, the big story was the health of Baker Mayfield. Because as soon as he landed in Pasadena, he came down with the flu. And I know you don't fly into Pasadena, so I think you kind of get what I'm getting. He, as soon as he showed up in Pasadena, how's that? He was hit with the flu, and he had missed some of the early practices and had missed immediate availability, which actually led to an NFL scout saying that some NFL teams had concerns about his immune system. That's how overly criticized this dude is. There were people when he was sick last year that started floating. Well, I mean, if he's getting sick when he comes to California, could you imagine if he was in a place like, say, Green Bay or Cleveland? I mean, come on. Anyway, uh, so Murray doesn't show up today because he's sick, a la Baker Mayfield, last year. Apparently, this angered some Alabama people. 
because we're in the middle of Tua Tunga Viola trying to recover. In fact, he said today, if I could grade it on a scale of 0 to 100, I'd say it's about 80 to 85%. It's been really good. Now, again, I would I would say 80 to 85% is still kind of meh whenever you're talking about a game on Saturday, but it's a lot better than where he was. No one seemed to be overly concerned about Kyler Murray's chances to play against Alabama. As a matter of fact, the Sooners had their first open window practice today, and he was out working out. Perhaps he was sick, writes SI's Andy Staples, of answering stupid questions after an award season spent answering a ton of them. But Murray's absence did frustrate Alabama staffers who were under the impression that they were required to make Tunga Viola available for Wednesday's interviews. Now, again, I I, I think we're really getting into this time in major bowl season to where there is not a lot to talk about. I mean, we'll kick this game off on Saturday at, what, 3 o'clock between Clemson and Notre Dame, and then at 7 o'clock between Oklahoma and Alabama. But that still gives us three days, starting including yesterday, in which we need content. If anyone from Alabama was really that upset about Kyler Murray not showing up because he was sick, I have to say that it's basically a made-up story. I don't think I, – I would understand where you might say, really, he's sick. He's Like Andy Staples wrote, uh, sick of probably answering dumb questions. But I honestly don't think anyone who matters would come up and say anything negative about a player who's sick. Because wait a minute, hold on. What am I talking about here? This is this is a uh, a media group that is probably more passionate about their team than any group of individuals that truly covers them. Now, I'm not an objective observer. Okay, I cover the team because I'm literally doing this show from inside the stadium. So yes, I am a homer. But man, there is an arrogance level, and I mean this in a uh, polite way and maybe in a little bit of a jealous way. There is an arrogance that just it permeates through that program in a way that you're jealous of it. And it's beyond Nick Saban. It's the people that cover it. It's the people that work for it. It's incredible. And they, they never, ever think they're going to lose a game. It's the kind of attitude you want in your team. Oh, I'm sure people will have a problem with it. I'm sure at some point they'll complain. Because they're too good. I mean, we, we can never have enough of a good thing. But I, just, I can't believe anyone would be throwing a fit about a quarterback missing immediate availability because he's sick. It would surprise me, but I guess maybe it wouldn't shock me if that makes a lot of sense. But still, I just, I'm, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that anyone would throw a fit about that. Regardless, history repeats itself today as... Baker Mayfield had missed the Rose Bowl press conferences last year with the flu. Kyler Murray misses them this morning due to an illness as well, too. By the way, the big media day out at the Orange Bowl is later on this afternoon. All right, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, Larry in Virginia Beach, Jeff in Pasadena. Hang in there. We'll get to your calls and yours as well at 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. Let's get after it with Eddie and what we're missing out in the world of sports. What's going on, Eddie Garcia? Well, let's uh, start off by giving you some games of note from the NBA. We'll start with the top team in the league, the Toronto Raptors, rallying on the 
road to beat the Heat in Miami. 106-104 was the final. Toronto was down 14 points at the half, but behind Kawhi Leonard's 30 points and Danny Green's three-pointer with 22 seconds to play, the Raptors get the win to improve to 26-10 on the year. Spurs beat the Nuggets 111-103. Denver was the top team in the Western Conference, but they fall a half game back of Idol Golden State for that top record in the West with that loss. Pacers over the Hawks, 129-121. The Clippers take care of the Kings, 127-118. And it went double overtime in Brooklyn before the Nets get by the Hornets, 134-132. College football in the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit. It was Minnesota beating Georgia Tech, 34-10 at the Cheez-It Bowl in Phoenix. This had to be, I got to think, the lowest scoring overtime game in college football history. 10-7 in overtime. TCU beats Cal. The two teams combined for nine interceptions, by the way, in that uh, in that game. And in the Sir Pro First Responders Bowl in Dallas, Boise State and Boston College started the game uh, before the lightning came. Uh, they had an hour and a half delay in the first half before they finally decided to just cancel the game altogether. It's believed to be the first bowl game ever canceled due to weather. This support brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Chris Plank in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Thanks a lot, Eddie. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. And the only hard part is figuring out which way is easier. Eddie, do you get into the four-team playoff? Are you excited about the bowl season kicking into high gear on Saturday, or is it just a, hey, how about that to you? Uh, it's a mostly just, hey, how about that? Um, other than the playoff games, I would say there's probably hmm, four or five other bowl games that I'm actually interested in. The rest of the lineup has no interest to in me whatsoever. You know, I was trying to find myself uh, getting fired up for something beyond the four-team playoff. And there's not really a game that just jumps out at you. You know, I I was actually – I was really excited for West Virginia-Syracuse, which is uh, tomorrow. But now you're looking at a situation where West Virginia's left tackle isn't playing, Will Greer is out, they have another player, I think one of their wide receivers that isn't playing, so kind of makes it tough. I, I, I tried to find myself getting a little bit juiced about the, the Peach Bowl, which is Florida and Michigan, but then I realized yep. oh, Florida was 9-3 and three this year. Uh, it, it's There's really not much. I mean, I guess Ohio State playing Washington. Yeah, I, I kind of have a soft spot for the Rose Bowl because it's here in our backyard, but uh, Georgia-Texas a little bit. But that's about it, really. I mean, outside of the playoffs, you're right. Yeah. And even who knows? I mean, if things go the way the experts think they're going to go, at least in the the primetime game, it might not be much of a game to begin with. So, Nick Saban has had success against Oklahoma's high powered offense before. That was another era whenever he was the LSU head coach. Oklahoma has had success against the Nick Saban coach defense before as well. So, it's kind of real interesting to see. These two dynamics play out come Saturday night. All right, uh, let's get back to the phones. Larry is in Virginia Beach. Larry, welcome to Fox Sports Radio. What's going on? Oh, thank you, Chris. Uh, again, happy uh, Merry Christmas to you, and thank you for taking my call. Um, no worries, man. Yeah, just to get a few things off my chest anyway. So, well, one, of course, I'm a diehard Dolphin fan. I've, I've talked to you before. You're always very nice and everything. Um, but um, I'm a diehard, so I, you know, will, you know, you know, say something. But the thing that maybe they should, I'm wondering if they should fire the fitness trainer because of all the injuries they've had this year. And because we lost a key player early in the season, Wilson, 
and uh-huh, he was um, a game breaker. I mean, the guy yeah. won us probably a couple of games. About the third, fourth quarter, he break open long runs and everything. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so when he disappeared, I think that that probably hurt us. I'm sure. Um, so it's been a hard struggle. And then I don't know. It keeps switching between offense and defense, which. I mean, you feel like you should fire maybe one of those two. And I like Adam Gase. I still want to give him another year because he got us in the playoffs the first year for a coach who's never coached before. And, you know, I, I, I think a guy's capable. But, well, here's um, a question. Here's a yeah. question you got to ask yourself. Do okay. you have faith in Ryan Tannehill to lead this team? Over the next, I mean, the contract has an out in a couple of. I think next year you can move on from him, and it won't be too much of a of a bane on the rest of your salary cap. Do you go ahead and hit your wagon to him, or do you try to make a deal? Um, I, yeah, I think I try to make a deal with. I mean, try to get another quarterback. Um, getting the feeling he doesn't have, he's capable. He doesn't have all the confidence in the world at times. He, he, at times he looks really good, and then at times he has no confidence. It seems like, you know, he's erratic. There's um, some that think, and I, and I appreciate your call. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, jump thanks. off here, Larry. Thanks, buddy. Have a good day. I, I would say this much: I should I be meaner? I mean, is that where I'm missing? I'm 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 truly at my core a nice guy, but I also, you know, I don't want to be. Oh, he's so nice. I want to be like Ben. I want to be. Oh gosh, he's gonna rip you. Do I need to tear into somebody no. here in a bit? Okay, all right. Um, Larry, I don't know about your strength, coach. Uh, I tend to have a little soft spot in my heart for every single strength coach because I have like 10 of my buddies that are strength coaches. Sean Griswold is the strength coach up in Virginia, and he's killing it, and Benny Wiley here at Oklahoma, and Rob Glass at Oklahoma State. I think strength coaches are the true lifeline of any program, and you and I mean that from college to the NFL. And you just had uh, John Gruden fire his strength coach, which was one of his first-ever hires. So I, I don't really know. That's a world where it's a comfort spot for a head coach. And I don't know if the training regiment would be so extraneous with the NFLPA rules that anything a strength coach would be doing could affect an injury trend. And I might be completely wrong on that. But I just I think that's a bit of a reach. But the question has to be asked with Ryan Tannehill. I said that that out is this year. You know, he has a potential out to where he could either restru- he restructured his contract after 2017. So he has a potential out in 2019 now uh, to where if you get rid of him, your dead cap money is only $13 million. That sounds like a lot, and it is. But if you, if you wait and give him the 2019 season, then that dips down to 5.5 mil. There's a lot of buzz in the uh, draft Twitter world, which is a world that I unfortunately live in way too much, guys, that maybe there could be a thought with the way their contracts are structured that Tannehill's the perfect fit in a Gruden offense and that Carr is a perfect fit in an Adam Gase offense and that there could be some sort of maneuvering that takes place there. I don't buy that. I think Carr and Gruden are working well. Quietly, you know, we're looking at a situation where uh, Derek Carr hasn't thrown an interception in, in like since week five, I think, was the last time he threw a pick. So he's really assimilated himself well. But um, I don't know. I, I, I just I don't know if your future is in good hands with Ryan Tannehill. Speaking of a questionable future, Jeff from Pasadena will wrap it up on the phones this segment talking Detroit Lions. What's going on, Jeff? Hey, Chris, great uh, great show, man. I listened to you with uh, Arnie and uh, your good fill-in for Ben. 
Um, no, thanks, man. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Listen, I got a couple questions for you, man. I'm a diehard Lions fan. I don't, I don't know if you're aware, but there, there's a, there's a report going out from the Four Letter Network that apparently some NFL GM or exec, uh, executive, uh, is claiming that the Lions are going to cut ties with Stafford at the end of the se- at the end of the season uh, during the off season. Um, I just don't see it. I mean, you know, I, again, I, I just, I think the guy's a really good quarterback, man, but I think that I, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of fans are fickle on the guy, and I just I don't understand it. And also, um, there was a report going out, supposedly from some ex-Lions player, that Patricia was uh, routinely or consistently late uh, for meetings. Um, I want to get your take on the Stafford thing, and I also want to get your take on the Patricia thing, because I, I think that both of them are, 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 you know, kind of put into a bad situation. I mean, Stafford's never had an offense a defense and, you know, a, a consistent running game since he's been there. He's been through, what, four or five coordinators, uh, three three or four head coaches now. You know, every every time somebody, every time something happens, they blame him for it. If the defense gives up 30 points, it somehow goes back to Stafford's fault. He's garbage. He sucks. He's this, he's that. His cap hit, his cap hit is supposedly like $60 million or $70 million of dead cap space over the next, like, three years. And, you know, I, I've tried to explain on boards that, that I post on and Facebook and stuff like that, that they can't trade them. It's not that easy or they can't cut them, but fans just don't, they don't want to listen. So I'll take your comments off the air, man. Thanks, bud. I appreciate it. It's like a real sports radio call right there. All right. Listen, we don't have time to get into it, so give me the break. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the Lions situation because it's funny. Roberto and I were actually talking about the report on Matt Patricia before we hit the air. And I guess the report is that he has routinely shown up for his media availability. And when he was asked about the importance of punctuality, uh, a session that was pushed back 30 minutes from its original scheduled time and then started 15 or so minutes. So it's basically 45 minutes late. Patricia said, quote, I think it just depends on the situation, really. It depends. There's a pretty busy schedule from those situations, I think, for everybody. I think fluidity is probably the best answer for you. But according to this report from the Detroit Free Press, the lack of punctuality for Matt Patricia has been an issue in team meetings this year, where one former player said the coach was consistently late during his months with the Lions. The player was granted anonymity, so to avoid a reprisal from the other coaches or teams in the league. So we'll go more in-depth on that. And listen, anyone that's trying to say you're going to cut ties with Matt Stafford after this year – doesn't understand how much that's going to hurt you salary cap-wise. You're right, $69 million in dead cap money if you cut him over the next two years. His out isn't until 2021. So unless you're going to trade with somebody, Matt Stafford isn't going anywhere. We'll talk more about the Lions next. Chris Plankin for Big Ben Maller here on Fox Sports Radio. The Ben Maller Show has some quirks and oddities that need to be heard twice to be believed, and now you can thanks to the Ben Maller Show podcast. Available wherever you download fine podcasts, including iHeart and iTunes. We need your help. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star review. It apparently drives the corporate guys crazy. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Chris Plank. It's Eddie Garcia, Coop, Roberto. I'm merely Chris Plank. Uh, good stuff on Twitter at Plank Show. Let me go ahead and and put a little bow on the conversation we were having with Jeff. We we were talking about the Lions, and I think in, in in the current state of the National Football League, everything is always the quarterback's problem. 
I mean, if you are listening on iHeartRadio or if you are listening on an affiliate that doesn't necessarily fill all of its local breaks, you hear the Clay Travis promo about Cam Newton, who won the MVP basically three years ago. You hear Raider fans two weeks into the season, well, we got an out on Derek Carr's contract. We were talking about it with Ryan Tannehill a little bit earlier in the show. You blame everything on the quarterback and the quarterback's execution, and it's understandable because it's consistently, and it is and should be, the highest paid position in the NFL. But in the case of the Lions, you're not, you're not going anywhere. And I don't mean that as a franchise. I mean that as getting away from Matthew Stafford. The dude signed a five-year, $135 million contract. And there is massive dead cap penalties over the next two seasons. This year, think about this. If the Lions just said bleep it, we're cutting this guy, it would have cost him $75 million in dead cap money. It's 49 mil next year and 29 mil, or 20 mil the following season. They have a potential out in 2021, which at that point he'll be 33 years old. All right, so I don't know if you can stand to make it two seasons. To me, look around the league. I think sometimes we don't realize – as fans of certain teams, how good we have it at the quarterback position. I mean, Cody Kessler and Blake Bortles are battling for the starting job one year after the Jacksonville Jaguars played in the AFC Championship game. In the AFC Championship game. It's crazy. Um, The Cincinnati Bengals shut down... Andy Dalton, who wasn't having a very good season, whom they've invested a lot of money in, and Jeff Driscoll is their starting quarterback right now. Uh, gosh, we, listen, the Eagles were smart enough to invest in Nick Foles, a good backup quarterback. But look at the nightmare that's currently being experienced in Washington with how deep they've had to go into their depth chart. I mean, Tampa obviously is a unique situation because I don't think they want to commit long-term to Jameis Winston, so maybe that's a completely different topic of conversation. But, I mean, you start looking around the league – Matt Stafford's not that bad of an option. Dude's been to the playoffs before, too. It took over on a team that was, what, 0-16? So I'm not, I'm not a fan of, of anyone wanting to punt on a guy like Stafford because he's, to me, in a category like a Matt Ryan, maybe like a Cam Newton as well, too, even though Cam's been to a Super Bowl and Matt hasn't. I, maybe even a Kirk Cousins as well. Guys that are really good NFL quarterbacks that I don't think people are going to go head over heels for until they win a couple of playoff games. Look at the criticism Phillip Rivers still gets on a consistent basis. He might be, could have been, until last week's performance, an, an MVP candidate. So I'm not one of those that says, oh, we got we got to move on from our quarterback. QBs are going to be roller coaster rides sometimes. The Tom Brady's are few and far between. I mean, I'm reading an article today about how the Boston Globe is theorizing that Tom Brady's hurt. Oh, he's hurt because he's just he, he's not throwing with the same accuracy that he typically does. I mean, Tom Brady is facing criticism. So I, I just think you're in a situation right now, especially in Detroit financially, to where you can't move on from him. Now, a coach showing up late for meetings – that is what a team makes of it. If you accept it and you're fine with it and you can get enough heads up to where you cater your schedule to fit him, then I don't think it's that big of a deal. But I, 
but to me, no, someone who has interviewed a lot of coaches, their time's pretty tight. I mean, when we were doing our interviews on signing day, uh, there was a couple of coaches that were running late, and it messed with other coaches' schedules, and it was frustrating to them. So I don't think that's a practice that Matt Patricia can continue to do if he wants to be a successful head coach. Maybe they've adjusted by now, and maybe it's a little bit better, but I'm just I'm not seeing how that's a path to success. That is more Detroit Lions talk than we've probably had all year long. All right, 877-99 on Fox. When we come back, good stuff on Twitter to get to. I haven't necessarily gone too all-in on my Baker love tonight. And a huge weekend for the NFL and the NBA TV ratings. We'll go in-depth next. I'm Chris Plank sitting in for Big Ben Maller on a busy Thursday here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Nine, 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 nine interceptions. TCU and Cal putting on an offensive explosion tonight in the Cheez-It Bowl, which, by the way, at last check, was still trending. I don't know that's a magnification of not a lot going on tonight, but nine interceptions and a dude tumbling onto the field. The Cheez-It Bowl had it all? Question mark. But TCU got the win. Hey, at least it was a more entertaining bowl than the Serve Pro Bowl, which didn't even happen. Three hours down, one to go. I'm Chris Plank sitting in for Big Ben Maller. The crew is here. Eddie Garcia, Roberto's in the house. Coop is here. We've discussed reports out of San Francisco last night that the... I guess you could, I don't know if it's a city council. I don't necessarily understand the uh, government hierarchy uh, in San Francisco, but at least newly elected officials are going to fight the Raiders trying to play at AT&T Stadium. And some of the funniest wording I think I've ever seen in press releases in my life. We are no longer going to be stealing from our friends by the bay. This is the year where that stops. Like, well, thanks. I mean, once you get Golden State, you're good. Thanks. I might say Golden State, I mean the Warriors, of course. Um, I, I've been given a few tidbits here and there on the Orange Bowl. You know, we talked about Tua Tunga Viola at his press availability today saying that he was about 85% right now. I don't know if there's a magic get him to 100% by Saturday. I would have to assume that that means he's not going to be completely healthy. I'll say this much. When I watch Tua do an interview, that dude gets it already. He's staring at the camera. I mean, he kind of has that... Uh, obviously understanding of what's needed to be done. The dude gets it, and he's going to be fun to watch, not just Saturday night, but as his career progresses. But is he 100%? He's saying he's not. We'll see once he takes the field Saturday night at 7 o'clock. And speaking of injuries, there's a key injury for the Sooners in Marquise Brown, dude named Hollywood. May end up being a first-round pick this season. But uh, he's battling what looks to be a foot-slash-ankle injury But he went through practice today. Don't know if he was at full speed either, but he is a key cog to the Oklahoma Sooners attack. I think that about catches us up. We haven't talked a lot about the NBA tonight. The LeBron James injury. Coop, if I understood that correctly, it looks like it might just be kind of a game-by-game situation, but he's at least out for the next game for the Lakers tonight, right? That's what we're hearing, but I'm, I'm hoping that he's back by Friday to crush the Clippers. The Clippers and the Lakers are Friday. Oh, my. And Ben comes back on Monday, I think. Does he? Anyway, that's going to be fun. The Lakers will be without, though, 
what we think, and a key word here is think, Lakers will be without LeBron for tomorrow night. Well, that's tonight, isn't it? Tonight, whenever they take on the Kings, but he even tweeted that he doesn't think it's going to be anything long-term. We'll see if he can get back by Friday. All right, 877-99 on Fox. When I look on hold and I see Manuel and Gardena, I've got to get to the phone. Manuel, what's going on, man? How are you? Well, if he be a pirate, then let him walk the plank. I always love with my fellow Raider Nation guy, Chris Plank, is in there with Everyday Eddie, Raider Robert, Coop the mother effing loop in here because the Maller militia is up in this B.I.H. Chris, now, uh, thank you to Rob Parker and Rodney Pete for slipping you a 20 to talk about Fat Pat and uh, Stat Padford for about 15 minutes, but uh, that'll be about enough of that. Uh, we need to talk Raiders here. I think that we are overlooking a grand outpost that we can not only bless, but that has in the past been a Raider hub through and through. And I'm not talking about that dirty bay where there's fecal matter all over the sidewalks that just stole the Golden State Warriors. I'm talking about San Diego. We can go in there and not only can we grab another fan base because Charger fan hates the Spanoses, but uh, we can uh, build the Raider Nation a little more. It's been a hub in the past. What say you, my friend, and great show tonight. Thanks, Manuel. It's great to hear from you, buddy. I miss getting to talk to you regularly. Manuel and Gardenia checking in. Um, I don't know, Roberto. What do you think? I kind of dig the idea of San Diego. I don't know if yeah, if I wouldn't mind San Diego upgrade. for one. Yeah. yeah, for that one year, that wouldn't be bad. Name what the California Raiders sounds good. Yeah, I think for a year that would work out well. I, again, I, I, the only thing I don't like is the unknown right now. That's just it. That sucks because here's a team that is trying to rebuild and they're trying to bring in players to get back where they feel like they belong. They were for one year, and they are they are improving. What I, would you say they are, I are they're improving under Gruden? I don't know. What did you say? Three and three in their last six. I'll yeah. take it. This reminds me a lot of the end of the 2015 season, which was Derek Carr's rookie year, where I think they started zero and ten. Yeah, they were terrible. And, yeah, but they finished the year like either four and two or or three and three or, or something of that nature. And this reminds me a lot of that year. But with that said. I worry about this kind of homeless situation right now because you're trying to go out and get players to come here. I dig the idea of San Diego. I really do. Things that I like. San Diego, uh, I'm not really a big fan of uh, of playing at AT&T Park, but at Santa Clara I'd be okay with. I think that'd be fine. No, nah, Santa Clara uh, either. No, nah, I wouldn't want to. You're not? No. Nah. Uh, I, I like your idea of L.A., but I just I don't know if the league wants a third team there. And I dig the thought. Of them going to Vegas, just just saying, all right, listen, we get it. We'll play Sam Boyd, maybe go up north is uh, what MGM John brought up earlier. Go up north and maybe start developing that fan base in Reno, see what goes. I just I, – I, I don't think Mark is going to do that. I don't think Mark Dave – I talk like we're on first-name basis. You know my buddy Mark. I don't think they're going to do that. What I don't like is is overseas, and that was from the Jay Glazer report. So that, to me – is something that I see and concerns me a little bit. But, yeah, Manuel, I'd be all about that. I think that'd be cool for him. Make him the California Raiders for a year. 
show off uh, 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 flexing the muscle and gathering more fans, gaining more fans in a market, give San Diego an opportunity to show they still have that passion for football and they still have that passion to be a, an NFL city. And there you go. Really, to be honest, there's not many cities that have more passion for their teams in Oakland and San Diego. The only problem is it's all for the Raiders. Ah, you see what I did there, Charger fan? <laughs> and it's more than anything. It's not about – it's about the, the stadium situation. I wouldn't mind Mexico City either for one year. I'll be pretty cool. That'd be kind of cool. There's a lot of Raider fans in Mexico City. Yes, but there is. I, I will, the only reason the Raiders are leaving – I mean, this is a Captain Obvious moment, so I'm not breaking any news here. But the only reason the Raiders are leaving, the only reason the Chargers left is a stadium situation. If, if either city would have been able to find out a way to work with their owner – and I understand that everyone points fingers in this, and I'm not taking a side on it – but I, if there is a stadium that is not – or if they have a new stadium or significant upgrades in San Diego, if they have a new stadium in Oakland, we're not having this conversation right now. But here we are. Uh, since we're on the topic, let me go ahead and slide in one more call here. Jose is in Fremont talking about the Raiders. What's going on, Jose? What's up, brother? Enjoying the show? Thanks, man. Hey, peace out, man. That, that San Diego idea and, and this whole – it's idiotic. That last that last caller a couple calls ago. Come on, man. It's logistically it makes sense, and I hate those clowns across the bay. They logistically it just makes sense to play at Levi's. The Niners are on board for it. They have an extra locker room over there for another home team. The city has already said that they're ready to receive the Raiders. They're all on board. Just Mark's an idiot. He's got too much pride. Has something has an issue with the Niner franchise. I, I do too. Don't get me wrong. I hate them with a passion. But logistically, it just makes sense to play there. But it makes more sense just to play out the last season. The NFL can settle this whole lawsuit with Oakland because they're involved in this lawsuit as well. It's it, this is just it's petty cash for the NFL. Just settle the lawsuit, play in Oakland or Levi's. Give the fans out here one more season, and let's call it a wrap. Let's go Raiders, no matter where they play. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call. That 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 to me. Okay, what's the ultimate end game here, Roberto? Going back to Oakland for a year. I mean, I just saying. What an awesome environment yeah, that, that was! Make, on that Monday makes the most sense out of out of any place. It's, it's go play in Oakland, but it's that's not going. I don't think it's going to happen. The problem with Santa Clara is not just a Niner thing. Well, I, I guess this would fit into it, but and Mark Davis has. Said I think this that also goes. I think it also goes back to Al Al though, because Al said uh, I'll never I'll never share a stadium with the 49ers. He would never play in Santa Clara, and I think that's the reason why maybe why um, Mark doesn't want to play in San, in Santa Clara for one year. And, again, he said many times that's all about the Niners there. You have Jerry Rice way or Joe Montana way, whatever's out in front of the stadium. It's all, you know, scarlet and gold. So I think in his mind he doesn't want to be playing somewhere to where they're always going to be considered number two, which is why – Boy, there's an odd way to put it as I segue to San Francisco, (laughs) which is why I think they're so intrigued by AT&T Stadium, which is why I think they're so – uh, interested in potentially greasing that path as opposed to Santa Clara. It's, it's, I get it. I, you guys can take shots at me all you want. I'm a diehard Raider fan. This topic of conversation is very intriguing to me. I can't help it. But with that said, with that said, it's going to be one of the more in, interesting storylines heading into the offseason. If not one of the biggest storylines, an NFL team does not have a home. That's a huge storyline heading into the year. Now, by the way, the other big storyline, Eddie Garcia, to me, involves the future of a guy whose name has not been mentioned in a couple of weeks. Eddie's been kind enough to come in and work and hang with us tonight, even during the holidays. And that's what happens, or what is going to happen with one Le'Veon Bell. 
you start thinking about the offseason, you start thinking about moves. I mean, is there a place for him in Pittsburgh? Does he no. get the deal that he wants somewhere else? I'm, he's not going to get paid like he wants to, is he? I wouldn't think so. I mean, he's clearly an immensely talented player, but as the Steelers showed this year, uh, and I guess you can argue that ultimately they did need him, but I mean, they, they really didn't. For depth purposes, they could have used him for sure, but as a feature back, they were just fine without him, I think. Uh, I know he's uniquely talented as a, as a receiver out of the backfield as well. Look, he's he's still a very good player. But like I said, I think the Steelers proved to a lot of teams in the NFL that you don't need to pay a guy that much to find someone who could be as productive or to win you know, with a guy at that position without having to pay that much money. So I can't imagine he's going to get the money he thinks he's going to get. You know, and you start looking, the running back position's not getting paid out. Todd Gurley got a really nice contract from the uh, Los Angeles Rams. No one is killing themselves to overpay for a running back right now, and Le'Veon Bell's deal was going to be what even more than what Todd Gurley had received, and he turned it down. He's not going to get that in the market. Now, there's going to be competition for him. The Colts are going to want him. The Jets are going to want him. The Raiders are going to want him. But I'm with you. I think James Conner has been a nice fill-in. It'll see what, what they might have long-term in him, and maybe they look in the draft. You know, There's some very interesting running backs in this year's draft. There's David Montgomery, the kid out of Iowa State. There's Rodney Anderson out of Oklahoma. And, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't necessarily a franchise. And, Eddie, you would know this more than anyone. That feels like, what, Le'Veon Bell was a second-round pick. Uh, they found James Conner, what, in the third or the fourth round. So they've been able to kind of mine some gold whenever they're looking a little bit deeper in the draft for a marquee running back. Yeah, and I mean, and, and Le'Veon Bell is trying to sell himself as not just a running back, right? Because he's one of the better receivers out of the backfield. He's, you know, he wants to be, and that's his whole, his whole thing. To begin with, I'm a playmaker. I'm not a quote-unquote running back. I can make plays all over the field, blah, blah, blah. And I, I get his reasoning, but I don't think it's going to work. I don't think that a lot of teams are going to be buying what he's selling. Wants to be paid like a number one receiver and a number one running back. And it's just, I, hey, if he goes to the Colts and they win the Super Bowl next year, all right kudos to him and maybe he's proved that he can earn that kind of a deal i just don't think it's coming in places like pittsburgh or new york or in oakland or wherever the raiders end up next year by the way have i helped your confidence at all tonight in in thinking that the steelers are going to get into the playoffs or does that confidence not need any help because you believe no uh no you uh, you have you have not helped i I appreciate your efforts (laughs) but no giant Keep hope alive, Eddie. I do think if the Steelers get into the playoffs, look out. I think they're going to make a run. I don't I disagree with that with that thinking. I don't. It's just but, a matter if they get in. Yeah, it's about getting in. Who is I mean, was it? Was it Colin that was talking about it the other day? They're one of the most frustratingly talented teams in the NFL because they can go out and do what they they did to New England. They can go out and play the way that they did against New Orleans, where I mean, arguably, you don't have that fumble late. We're talking about a game that could end up in overtime if not over. And yet they got beat by the Raiders for some inexplicable reason. Well, I can explain it. The turf there stinks. But it's a team that could do anything they want. Thanks, Al. All right, when we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, there is one sport that I have blatantly ignored tonight. And I don't know why. And I don't know why I haven't given it the attention that it deserves. But we've got NBA to recap and a significant moment in Chicago 
and maybe a significant win for San Antonio? It's next. Chris Plank in for Big Ben Maller on Fox Sports Radio. You have to multitask to navigate through life, so make sure to like the Ben Maller Show in the cyber world. Join our Facebook radio family. It's the Maller Militia's springboard on the social network. Go to Facebook.com slash Ben Maller Show. You can submit jokes, questions for Ask Ben, and more. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, in for Ben Maller, it's Chris Plank. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Raiders talk has been a hit online. I mean, I'm impressed with the reaction. Uh, we'll get to that coming up here in just a bit. And Ben was doing some Ask Ben on Twitter as well, too, so you can check that out. Even in vacation, still serving the masses. Real quick before I hit the NBA, uh, Rocket Chris, big fan, writes, question is, is this the Ben Maller show or the Plank and Roberto show? Why am I even tuning in PS Roll Tide? Uh, Chris Ben's not here, so I—I I mean, you could probably find some old episodes in the podcast. But tonight it's the Ben Maller show with Chris Plank, Eddie Garcia, R- Roberto, and and, and Coop, uh, and then Johnny Q. I like—I can't read all of Johnny Q's because Johnny likes the hashtags for some reason. But I did like. Let Eddie just talk some hockey, discover soccer or something, and then has a very creative meme with the Los Angeles, Oakland, whatever, Raiders suck. It's not the players. It's their pathetic fans, Johnny. Uh, I'm, I'm all about hockey right now, but unfortunately the Kings haven't really given us a reason. And I want to be able to do this show again, Johnny. I'm pretty sure if I start breaking down soccer – and kind of my feelings on uh, transfer fees and Man U, Eddie, it might be a short-term stint for me. Is that a fair way to look at it right now when it comes to soccer on this show? I would say that is a wise uh, decision on your part. Now. Yeah. But, but Rudy brings up a really good point. He goes, the Raiders are popular throughout the U.S., play two games in San Antonio, two games in San Diego, two games in St. Louis, and two games in Portland. I don't know where they would play in Portland is the only issue that I would have. Um, by the way, it's um, it's interesting because I want to talk some NBA in this segment, and I'm curious because uh, Eddie, we we've played the are they good game, and I've kind of been wondering this about the Denver Nuggets, who are sitting well at least before tonight, they were sitting in the top spot when a team that everyone had quit on and everyone forgot about handed them their second straight L, that would be the San Antonio Spurs. DeRozan stops at the elbow, cross-court pass to the right corner, Forbes fires a three. Spotty triple! Timeout Michael Malone, the assist for DeMar DeRozan. 15 points for Brent Forbes. Very unique roster this year for San Antonio with a lot of new faces, but they get that win earlier tonight, knocking off uh, Denver 111-103. So I ask you, Eddie, are the Denver Nuggets good? Half game out of first place. Are they going to be there as the season progresses? Well, Chris, you've come to the right man when you want to talk about NBA because there's no one <laughs> who's on the pulse of the National Nobody Basketball more Association more than me. About the association than Eddie. I mean, I listen. I was going to save Kings talk until our final segment, okay? Because I'm very well, depressed right now. As Ben would say, on. that will be in hour five. Hour. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, hockey like we do. Who the hell cares about the Denver Nuggets? That's uh, yes, that's a <laughs> drop that Ben has been saving for the right moment, and Roberto has just found it right now. Perfect. Perfect. Um, look, I'm a very, very casual NBA fan. I, I it was, it's hard for me to believe 
that the Denver Nuggets are a serious contender, you know, for the NBA title. But I mean, the Western Conference to me is is very perplexing. I don't know if the Warriors are just bored or what yeah, is wrong with them probably. right now. I, I assume once the playoffs start, they'll turn it on and. Who knows what the DeMarcus Cousins factor will be when he joins the team eventually. But uh, when you look at the West, it's just – I don't know that any of these teams are blowing me away. It's kind of like the AFC in football, I guess, a little bit. Oh, uh, I like but, the comparison because I feel the same way. Well, there you the go. Same way. Uh, Eddie and his NBA breakdown yeah. uh, brought to you tonight by the good folks at Geico. Everybody's got a to-do list, so – you might be dropping off the dry cleaning, picking up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add a save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. I mean, you look at the West right now, and I, and I understand we're 35 games into an 82-game season, so we're almost to the halfway point. And from the top spot to the eighth seed, and heck, go down even deeper to the 10th and even 11th seed right now, and there's no such thing as an 11th seed, but the 11th team in the West, you're looking at only a six-game difference. So everything's pretty tight in the West right now, and maybe it is. I'm with you, Roberto. I think Golden State's just a little bored. And they'll get DeMarcus Cousins back. Things will start to mesh. They got a lot of drama. I mean, this Kevin Durant cut that I pulled for tonight's show, it's the ultimate IDGAF move that Kevin Durant has ever made in his life. I mean, there has been obvious reasons why people can question Kevin Durant and his loyalty. Just bring that up to any Thunder fan out there whatsoever. Uh, But Kevin Durant talking about stacking up money. Uh, I just want to make sure I get as much money as I can in my next deal okay? so I can uh, stack up my money and figure it out. Now, there's much more to that cut, but I'll cut it off there because he gets into business ventures that are very vague and don't make a lot of sense and says you know about it and no one knows what he's talking about. But there's a little drama in Golden State this year. And yeah, I actually agree with Steve Kerr. They are probably as um, criticized and under the microscope as any franchise, I don't want to say ever, but given social media and given the coverage that we have now nonstop, you might be right. I know the Bulls were quite scrutinized. Lakers always have been because they played in L.A. and they play in L.A. But it's a, it's a pretty hot lamp that they're under right now and they're not performing as well as they have in the past. But yet here we are and they're sitting at the top spot in the, in the Western Conference. By the way, one other quick note from tonight's NBA games. Derek Rose, in his return to Chicago, heard this. Now, it's going to be a little bit tough, I'll tell you, but see if he can make out what the Bulls fans are chanting as the Timberwolves six-man-of-the-year candidate steps to the free-throw line. Done. Now, granted, uh, sh- the analyst had headphones on, so she probably couldn't necessarily tell. But a big smile across Derrick Rose's face as his free throw with 526 left in the game gave the Timberwolves a 20-point lead as Bulls fans were chanting MVP for Derrick Rose. That's been a nice story, one that probably isn't talked about a lot. Uh, obviously, he's had some off-the-court issues that some people are holding against him that I completely understand. But the dude, 24 points, actually started tonight. 
Uh, 11 of 19 from the floor, eight assists as well. Definitely one of the comeback player of the year candidates, no doubt about it. So there's a quick little recap of the night that was in the NBA. All right, when we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, let's go all in, shall we, on a little NFL and college football talk. But first, ah, we've got Eddie Garcia with everything that's going on in the world of sports. What's up, Eddie? Well, we'll start with NBA games of note with the Raptors, the top team in the NBA, having to rally on the road to beat the Heat. 106-104 was the final. Toronto was down 14 at the break. They then come back behind Kawhi Leonard's 30 points. Danny Green hit a three-pointer with 22 seconds to play to give him the lead, and they go on for the win and improve their NBA best record at 26-10. and Spurs beat the Nuggets 111-103. Denver drops a half game back of idle Golden State for the top record in the Western Conference. Pacers over the Hawks 129-121. It was the Clippers beating the Kings 127-118. And in double overtime, the Nets get by the Hornets 134-132. Interesting night in college football on Wednesday. We had the Quick Lane Bowl with Minnesota beating Georgia Tech 34-10. The other two bowl games were certainly interesting. In the Cheez-It Bowl, it was TCU beating Cal 10-7 in overtime. The two teams combined for nine interceptions, five for Cal, four for TCU. I looked it up. Uh, not the lowest scoring uh, game in the overtime era in college football. Back in 2005, Arkansas State and Florida Atlantic played to an incredible 3-0 game in overtime. Oh that was won by Arkansas State. Then we had the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. That was in Dallas, where Boise State and Boston College tried to play each other. They were in the first half when the lightning struck in the area, and that caused an hour and a half delay before they finally decided to just cancel the game altogether. It's believed to be the first bowl game ever canceled due to weather. This support is brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Chris Plank in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Keep in mind, too, there's a big scheduling crunch at the Cotton Bowl because they have a game coming up in October. So they had to make sure they couldn't play that bowl game today. And I was thinking about this. Thanks. Thanks for the pity laugh, Roberto. I appreciate it. I was thinking about this. Uh, when when we go to cover the OU Texas game in the Cotton Bowl, it's an awesome experience. It's something that ev- I, I wish everyone could experience just because of the unique nature of in the middle of a state fair, uh, the the complete split of the stadium, half burnt orange, half crimson, and just the, the madness of everything from trying to park to obviously walking around a bunch of drunk, crazy people having the time of their life. I can't imagine what it would be like going to that game today with no atmosphere. There was nobody there. And you're pulling up to it in a driving rainstorm. It just had to be – it makes more sense. The more I think about it, the more if I'm a Boston College – or Boston College. Yeah, but if I'm a BC or a Boise State – Administrator, I'm thinking, let's just get out of here, guys. Uh, we had a nice trip. We got to do a couple of bowl things. Guys got their gifts. Let's go home. This way everybody can get rings. I mean it. I still don't understand why you wouldn't reschedule it, but the more I think about it, the more it would make sense just with absolutely, positively no environment around that at all. All right, I want to get to some tweets. Uh, you can hit me up at Plank Show. I've appreciated it all night long. Like this from Les. No, I say I appreciate it, but eh. Les writes, Sooners playing in Santa Clara? That's funny. The next Sooner to play in the Bay Area will be Kyler Murray as an Oakland A. 
Maybe that's the West Virginia fan in me talking. And how about TCU tonight? They say the Big 12 doesn't play defense. Told you guys. An underrated defensive conference, the Big 12. Honestly, I think tonight's performance was a little bit more about two incredibly offensive, offensively inept teams. Oh, my gosh. And again, TC was down to their third quarterback, their backup running back, their starting receiver was still putting up big numbers, but he was gimpy. I just, I was blown away with how ugly that game was, but then in the same vein, how beautiful it was as well, too. Uh, Jeff tweets at us, says, Sam Boyd Stadium holds 30,000, but it would be good to have them to start building in Vegas. I just, I can't agree with that more. I think that's the next step for the Raiders. Just get to Vegas, start planting those roots. Uh, Mr. Wonderful, for every point Alabama beats Oklahoma by, you have to say a negative thing about Baker on your Sunday night show. If I were you, I'd prep for around 21 to 28 negative things because Alabama is going to score at will on that paper mache defense. Ah, you could be right. The problem is I think Oklahoma can score at will too, and that's a banner defense that Alabama has. Again, I'm a firm believer that the Big 12's defensive struggles are more about the offenses they face on a consistent basis and less about crappy defenses. I could be a homer. Uh, Cowboy Killer writes, So on this day, it's usually hashtag Ask Ben. So if we could make an Ask Plank, how is a guy from Oklahoma in love with the Raiders and the Lakers? Now listen, I'm not one to ever infringe on anyone's bits because those are sacred. Those matter. And Ben might have that trademarked, and I don't want to have to spend any money to give to the Big Ben Foundation. With that said, I'm not necessarily an Oklahoman by birth. I grew up in a beautiful town right across the river from St. Louis called Wood River, Illinois. Best known, guys, for our refineries, which made the air oh so beautiful. I came to college here at Tulsa, uh, graduated in the late 90s, and... I've always been a Raiders fan, always been a Lakers fan, always been a Dodgers fan, always been a Kings fan. Uh, if they had if they had probably a semi-pro team in L.A., I would be a fan. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, that, that would, they were always my team. My teams were always the West Coast. Teachers, I remember uh, I was young in 1985. I can remember, I, I don't remember what grade I was in, but I can remember we watched a day game between the Cardinals and the Dodgers because the playoffs, they used to, well, they still do, but they were playing a championship series game during the day, and we were sent to the film room because that's where kids used to go to watch movies. And I was sent out in the hall because I was rooting for the Dodgers. And everyone was getting mad at me because, obviously, we were in a St. Louis suburb, if you will. So I was kind of an outcast. Don't know. The Raiders thing, I don't know. I just love them. I mean, there was everything about the silver and black. They were good. They didn't give a you-know-what about anyone. They clothesline dudes. They knock them down. They didn't give a – they had no care in the world, and their fan bases were insane, and I love that. I did go to a Raiders game once, though, in St. Louis, and I was, it was the only time I actually asked off on the weekends, and I can remember the tickets came up last minute. St. Louis is a fairly short drive. It was my hometown, so my wife and I got in the car, drove six hours up to St. Louis, and the Raiders gave up 50 points. I'm never going to a game again because of that miserable experience. Uh, here's one from Mr. Nice Guy who tweets at us and says, and by the way, thanks for the question, Cowboy Killer. I don't know if I have an answer to it because it makes no sense to me why. 
Uh, Baker Mayfield could rescue babies and puppies from a burning building, and people would still bitch about it. Society is full of miserable people. Hey, I'm not, I'm not necessarily trying to tell you that I agree with all the things that he does. I'm just not one of those people that sits back and acts offended. You know, I had, I had a whole take laid out tonight whenever I was sitting up after the show on, what would that be, Wednesday, after our show that went from like, Tuesday into Wednesday, and I was thinking about fake outrage. And fake outrage has become a plague on our industry. It really has. And I brought this up earlier, and I firmly believe it. I think a lot of the, the, the backlash on Baker is because people know that he'll take the bait and he'll fire back. He will. That's just how he is. And you might say, well, you don't see Tom Brady doing that. Or you don't see X player, a Y player. Okay, great, you, you don't. They're just wired differently. Period. Sorry. It, does that make him a bad guy? No. It just means that's who he is. That's perfect for Cleveland. He is a born leader. People seem to kind of just attract to him, and he's been very successful. He's won at every level. He's won seven games as the starting quarterback for a team that didn't win any last year. But I guess that doesn't matter. Why? Because we have to be outraged by something. Now, listen, I could get political on you, but I'm not going to. It's just it's the way of the world, and we just have we can't just enjoy anything. There has to be something that angers us about it. You can't just say, holy smokes, man, this is an incredible story. This dude with an interim coach, uh, basically, and and Freddie Kitchens, an interim offensive coordinator, has won games. No, no, he uh, stared at the sidelines, and I am offended. And you're dumb if you don't have a problem with that. All right, well, I guess I'm a dummy. Uh, Lil Troller writes, when was the last time a rookie got the first name only talk? Does this Baker guy have a last name? Even Tom doesn't get that treatment, and he's the best of all time. Hashtag homerism. Fair enough. You might be right. And uh, then there is this, maybe the tweet of the night, from uh, Doc, Doc Coiner, who writes, There's also some level of irony, guys, that a bowl dedicated to first responders who would run into a disaster was canceled by a rainstorm. And what's even better, if you didn't know, Serve Pro is basically promoted with the tagline, like it never happened. And they played in a bowl, or they promoted a bowl game. That never happened. The brilliance of this is just amazing. All right, when we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, one last segment for me, and then we'll uh, get after. I'll be on a plane to cover OU and Alabama in the Orange Bowl Big Ben, I think, is coming back. Maybe I think Brian knows in tomorrow, then Ben will be back next week. So we got one more segment to throw some predictions out because, oh, yeah, there's more bowl games than just the four-team playoffs, and Eddie has to help me feel better about the Los Angeles Kings. Can he do it? Find out next on Fox Sports Radio. The Ben Maller Show has some quirks and oddities that need to be heard twice to be believed, and now you can thanks to the Ben Maller Show podcast available Wherever you download fine podcasts, including iHeart and iTunes, we need your help. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star review. It drives the corporate guys crazy. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios in for Ben Maller, it's Chris Plank. So 7.30 tonight, Eddie, Kings, Arizona. I mean, am am I okay for still having a little bit of hope or not? No. The season is over. 
What you hope for now is that everybody plays well and it increases their trade value uh, so that we can acquire some it's ass- been, assets. It's early December, Eddie. Yeah, season's over, Roberto. The, we're one of the worst teams in the oh, uh, NHL. Man. It's over. Haven't they won three in a row, though? I mean, is that a reason to get excited or no? As I said, sure. If you want these guys to play well so they can increase their trade value, yes, it is a reason to get excited. But as far as him actually getting into the playoff race, no. No? No. 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 All right. Hey, but, you know, there were two Stanley Cups won not that long ago. It's, yeah. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's weird. This, this is a funny dynamic, too, if you think about it. it it's in every sport. You, you have a little bit of success, and you say at that time, man, I'm, I'm just so happy they won. There's, there's nothing that's going to uh, bring me down. And then as soon as things kind of slip a little bit, you hate everyone and you forget about the success that you had. It happens in every sport. Hey, look at, the, just, look at the Chicago Blackhawks. They are even worse than the Kings right now, and they won, what, three in six years? Yeah. Not that long ago, so, I mean, I'm, you know. Been a long, long run in there. Oh, wait, it's just two years ago? Oh, okay, wait, hold on here. All right, listen, um, we don't have a lot of time left, so I did want to give a big thing. Eddie, it was, it's awesome to hang out with you. I, I hope we get to do this a lot more, but Ben never takes vacations, so it's always fun to chop it up with you. And I, I'm glad you and your wife, Karen, had an awesome holiday season, and, boy, LaDainian Tomlinson is like a family friend now. That's big time for a Charger fan in the house, right? I mean, that's well, huge. At least his wife is, and then uh, well, through, through her we kind of know him a little bit. So Go Steelers this week. Uh, Roberto, yeah. I guess the, the, the Chris and Roberto show uh, had a nice little run there. <laughs> so uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed in the Raiders. So it's been fun. And uh, Coop, I've always enjoyed getting to hang out with you. For those that don't know, Coop is my claim to fame. I have a friend, one of my buddies, Jacob Potter, who still it's like the biggest deal in the world that I get a chance to work with uh, superstar Justin Cooper. So, Coop, thank you. With that said, I have a little audio to share before we get out of here. Um We've touched on some of these throughout the show tonight, so I don't want to get too carried away, especially knowing that we're going to hear about the Cheez-It Bowl probably for most of the day today. But this is what it sounded like in the closing moments as TCU found a way to get that dub. Nunez will hold it. Song for the win. It's good. The comeback complete. The Horn Frogs. Again, have the Pac-12's number. I got a kick out of that because that's Brian Estridge, the play-by-play voice of TCU, and he even can't help but laugh a little bit about what he saw. Now, we've talked a lot about the playoffs tonight, but we haven't talked a lot, and by that, it was a pretty quick segue from college to the NFL, so maybe I should slow down a bit. But we haven't talked a lot about Marcus Mariota's revelation about what took place when his injury last week. Well, what happened on the play where he got hurt in the first half against the Redskins? Yeah, it was one of those deals, man. I just uh, kind of crunched and um, basically sent my whole right side numb and, and tingly. And um, it just, it was one of those things, man. And it's unfortunate because nerves are, they're weird, man. It, it takes time. Um, but, you know, again, I'm, I'm fighting. I'm going to do my best to, to be out there. Yeah, so a little scary when you hear about a guy who, Things went numb, but as it stands right now, his Titans are winning in impressive fashion right now in our very original, never-been-done-before Twitter poll 
The question is, four NFL teams control their own destiny to make the playoffs. We wrap up by telling you that the team that will blow it will be the Tennessee Titans with 42% of the votes. You can keep them rolling in all night long. And you know what? Mike Tomlin is all about just winning on Sunday for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's quite simply black and white is is making a sufficient number of plays to to do the job or to not. Um, We're not going to make it to be something mystical. We're not going to pretend like it's something that's outside of our control. It is within our control. It's preparation, it's detail, it's play. Uh, it's planning, it's schematics, it's coaching, it's all of those things. So, and, in other words, they're not getting too caught up in what's going on around them, nor is Jason Garrett and the Cowboys. Yeah, th- th- this idea that you have a whole nother team, that we're not going to play the starters, we're going to play the, the backups. Logistically, you can't do that. The numbers don't allow you to do that. So, we're going to play our football team. Anybody who's healthy uh, is going to play in this ball game and play to the best of their ability. Our focus is on preparing the right way and then go, go play the right way, and hopefully that'll give us the best opportunity the following week in the first round of the playoffs. So, good stuff. A quick little trip around the NFL as we wrap up another action-packed edition of the Ben Maller Show. Thanks to Eddie, Roberto, and Coop. As always, thank you, Maller Militia. Stick around. Outkick the coverage of the show coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.